This episode of Sports Goofs is brought to you by Tiki. Tiki is an exciting new app that is focused on allowing you to take back control of your data. Did you know that companies made $382 billion from your data last year? Your data has tons of value, and Tiki will allow you to choose what data you share with companies and how you can monetize it. You just link your accounts in the app and you get a payout. Tiki is completely free to use and is available worldwide so you can start earning from anywhere. Tiki has already launched their initial registration and they have limited spots available for people to use the app right now. So make sure to sign up at mytiki.com slash sportsgoose. Once you sign up, you'll be sent a link to download the app and start using it. They're growing fast and will be having weekly releases and adding new features as we speak. More than 30,000 people have signed up, so make sure to join early. Check out the link in our podcast description for all of the details. Thank you, Tiki. And now, let's get to the goofs. lower that what's up everybody welcome to sports goofs number 99 i am francisco joined by my two buddies as always andrew and charles and yeah well, how are you guys doing what's what's going on not much mm. <laughs> i i will tell you boys episode 99 Billboard Year End Hot 100 Singles in 1999 had a couple of bangers. Number one, Believe by Cher, fantastic song. <laughs> you no Scrubs by life. TLC, mm. fantastic song. Uh, Baby One More Time, mm. yeah. fantastic song. Genie in a Bottle, gotta rub me the right way. Every morning by Sugar Ray, ah, take out what? Living La Vida Loca. Yikes. Mm. I mean, Pop how's music that number was 10? just killing it that, that year. Oh, I mean, I'm bringing this up. I Want It That Way by Backstreet Boys at 15. Mm. Guys, it is 2021. I was singing that in the car the other day. And sometimes, thankfully, people might be thinking that I'm on my phone or something via Bluetooth. Now I was hitting them pipes. I was breaking out my best Kevin. Um, Smash Mouth, All-Star. Big time stuff. (laughs) And then a song that is... I don't understand how it's number 19, because it was the jam from June to September, but Smooth by santana featuring rob thomas mm. are you kidding me that was 19 mm. like that's another song we're coming into it and then just for number 100 just to get out there was alabama and sync god must have spent a little time with you i remember that song it was not good but i think it's because they were doing music of my heart mm. and then of course from my love of rap um hard knock life on 89 literally no it just keeps us going Yikes. They have genuine, so anxious guys. I'm just down memory lane. Ooh, yeah, the '80s was great for me for certain songs. Like I've been listening to uh, what the t- "Opportunities" by. It, it's the song on the Geico commercial. It's like I got the yeah yeah brains. You got the licks. Let's go make some money. I just killed it. Pet mm. Shop Boys or something like that. They also made another great song. But looking at this, Mambo number five at number forty-two. Oh, is it wrong that it's not number five? Boys, it's. Wild nice. Wild West by Will Smith. Oh my classic. goodness, Chris. Yeah, I, I remember going to the theaters for that one. What, what's it going to be by Bus Rhymes and uh, Jan Jackson? I was jammed to that the other day. Mm. I'm just telling that right now. 
I, I go through that. So that that's what my day is, and my realization that the 1999 had a lot of bangers. Wow, bangers, oh, Chris. Dear Lord, that is that is some nostalgia, man. This sitting down there, Donkey Kong 64 on the N64 that came out that year. Yeah, that's how years a good year, boys. Yeah, Mario Party. Yeah, the first one came out that year. Super Smash Brothers. The first yeah. one came out that year too. Video games were killing it as well. Oh boy. Oh well, let, let, hold on. I, 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 we got sponsorship this time, folks. Here we go. So, guys, your data is worth thousands of dollars per year. Why aren't you getting your fair share? Why? Why? Why the heck are we not getting our fair share? Huh, Charles? Huh, Andrew? Huh? Let's 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 take back control of our data, and we'll get paid while we're doing it. I'd like that. Mm-hmm. Tiki's got our back, and they'll get yours as well. Sign up now to be one of the first to take advantage of their amazing new app, where you can pick and choose who can pay you for your data. Out of these big giant companies just siphoning off, learning about all our stuff. And you can use our link, mytiki.com slash sportsgoofs, to be one of the first to, to be in the getting of their new app. They're, they're starting to roll it out this year, little by little, before a full-on rollout amongst the rest of the world. So you're, you're hearing it uh, to be one of the first here uh, on Sportsgoofs. So thank you, Tiki, for sponsoring Sportsgoofs number 99. Okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds like pretty cool things, man. Any, I love you know, just to get some money. Start. Everybody needs side hustles. We all need side hustles. All right. So, there you go, man. Oh, let's see. Well, we got some sports. Sports happened, folks. It it it, it did. I uh, th- things went down. Things went down in the NBA trade deadline. <clears throat> things happened in the NHL as well. The NFL has news as well. Baseball's right around the corner. It's it's literally this week. We're, we're we have ha- college sports. We have college. So, uh, yeah, you know, March Madness doesn't matter to me anymore. <laughs> but do you know what matters to me though? College. Oh, indeed. The frozen college floor. hockey. If you're oh, uh, and there was a doozy of a game. Mm-hmm. A doozy. Doozy. Historically doozy. Historically doozy. Tampa Bay Lightning esque length doozy <laughs> mm-hmm. all right but they, bo- they had to have a seventh period stretch <laughs> yes never do that again yeah, but, but play it, uh, I, i'm gonna uh, you bet your ass be you i'm gonna be asking for your opinion on the uh the first few games yeah. so far because we had quite a few upsets and i spent more time watching the d1 tournament uh, never do that again. <laughs> okay, now I know why. Okay, got it. <laughs> got it. Okay, mm. I, I, I got you. I got you. I'm just messing with you. I think the whole that thing is stupid. He's the reason that I put such uh, the reason I put such an emphasis on the pronunciation, guys, is because he spells it C A W. L E D G E college college hockey. It's in Massachusetts because I just think of that accent that comes in. 
College hockey. College hockey. Sandlot when oh. they're like forever. Be, I mean, that sounds like I'm just thinking of like them playing you the seventh overtime intermission stretch or whatever. <laughs> just <laughs> hello out there. They're on the air. Just start playing that. It's like what the heck is going on? Okay. All right. Yeah, a lot of things went down. Whoa. I do I do want to start with something fun. All right? Something that was uh, that was brought to our attention most most, most recently. Guys, I'm going to have a real MVP to start us out. It's Kevin Durant. Oh. From that re- okay. Yes. Kevin Wayne Durant, and he's got some new beef with Michael Rappaport. All right, okay. This is this is this is fun. So Kevin Durant noted Twitter user, as Burn we all know, user, indeed. And well, he 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 was okay. Charles, can you can you bring us in here? Okay, I'll bring us in here. Yeah. And for what we're going to say right now, disclaimer, I don't necessarily condone the derogatory statements said yeah. by Kevin Durant Indeed. in his messages, but I'm always about sports athletes. I feel like that's kind of redundant. We know they're athletes, but not everybody's a supporter, right? But I'm always about athletes kind of clapping back at other athletes who are now media analysts or people who don't play the game and kind of do quarterback couching is the phrase i'll use but for any sport so i guess what had happened that we do actually have a good non-spot or other mvps i'll make a suggestion on to counteract the kevin durante so i'll keep that on the back burner but mm. i guess something happened michael Rappaport is a known comedian mm-hmm. um he i think had a defamation suit against bar stool sports or whatever yes. they're called and those yeah. dropped out so he's very opinionated about his sports and then I guess something happened where he tried to call out Kevin Durant on either Instagram or on the social media platforms about him not answering questions. And the thing that has been in Kevin Durant's reputation in the league is that he's kind of soft, not mm-hmm. soft on the game, but soft in media and wanting to be liked. And there's been some incidences. If you were in Oklahoma City, he had his um, secret Twitter accounts where he was criticizing yes. the organization and everything like that. Mm-hmm. So he, he's a little sensitive. Um, but so what happened was Rappaport shouts him out and then Kevin Durant almost turned into Marvin Harrison, but verbally yes. is the way I'll say it. Mm. Because first he does like a middle finger to Charles Barkley because they're talking about inside the NBA. And for those who are not familiar with Charles Barkley, even now he is still one of the best trash talkers out there, whether or not him and Shaq are accurate. Cause they just, I don't think they just like this style of play. And I think what happens is when you're a prior generation, you're always going to have an unhappiness with the South, South yes. play. But yeah. Durant just goes straight to him and says, listen, it was a yes or no question. Why am I going to answer like this when I can't expand on more? And then they flung some words to each other. So Michael Rappaport was trying to start the fire. Kevin Durant was smart enough to kind of step on the fire before it became a brush fire, which became a wildfire and burning the forest out. But it was kind of nuclear. And there was some C words thrown out there. Yep. There were some F words thrown out there. There mm-hmm. was a um, a comparison of Michael Rappaport's skin with seminal fluid. <laughs> I personally loved it because, you know, I always appreciate a good um, Skywalker smack talker. 
And even though Kevin Durant probably had to be really trepidatious about what he would type, it was still good enough to get my entertainment because the purpose of social media, I love the feuds. I love it. I love it, man. It reminds me of the days of IMDb when I would be looking at the Harry Potter boards and seeing people like go at it over imaginary characters for books that haven't been written yet. And someone gets offended about how the movie's not going to adapt. And I'm like, get me that popcorn. I love that drama, man. I'm a people watcher. I don't know about you guys, but I like to, if I'm going out, if I'm with friends, whatever. Uh, I, I see other people. I want to know what if I see a man or woman angry at their significant other. I want to know why, and I hone in. So this is like my form of entertainment, and I don't know, Rappaport enough. I, I just always kind of feel like it's goofy sometimes when you have comedians going hardcore. And of course, the only one I think that I'm a big fan of is Bill Burr because I remember he was on Cowherd Show, and then oh, Bill Burr was trying to attack fantastic. Baker Mayfield, yeah. and then Bill Burr is like you don't do anything i like people who call people out but these two were slinging at it like i said we don't advocate or condone um any of the words that were said but basically kevin durant came like bro i'll hit you i condone um, kevin durant's attitude yes. that's what i condone i condone even the... if it escalated to saying meet me on the streets i'll find out <laughs> I'm, I'm with that i just love kevin durant's transformation and we've we've witnessed it across the the lifespan of this show now three years strong and it has been it's i mean we this this segment the real mvp is was because of him. it was because of him and when people made fun kevin Durant's transformation people made fun of him for for crying and, and shouting out his mother who raised him all the things they went through and he was saying you're the real mvp and people made fun of him a lot of stuff and and finally, Kevin Durant, somewhere at some point, I guess in his last season with OKC at Oklahoma, he was just like, F it. I don't care what nobody else thinks about me anymore. I'm going to go to the best damn team there is and win myself a ring. I'm going to get as much money as possible and go wherever the hell I want and leave Golden State and get more money someplace else in Brooklyn. I'm going to sit here and I'm going to have a super team even though I... Uh, was it he was i think he was one of the people like when the heat were getting their big three together he's like man i wish or something like that he said something that was kind of hypocritical in the sense that he did the same thing but he doesn't care anymore and that's the beauty of it that's the beauty yeah it is liberating when he he's finally at it he's at a stage where he's made so much money he's already got all of the accolades he's gonna make the hall of fame the way things are going who cares what anybody else thinks of him? He can have 40,000 Twitter burner accounts if he wants to. It doesn't matter to him. He He's, he's just going to do what he does. And if people are calling him out, he's going he's gonna to bite back, which is what a lot of athletes don't do. But he's big enough where uh, it, it won't really affect him much. It'll be like, oh, that Kevin Durant. Or somebody were like, ugh, that Kevin Durant. And then we'll move on. And then something else will happen. We'll see what the Nets do. This, they have to win a championship now. There's more pressure on them. Because if, if not, then they're failures. They, they are one of the bigger failures in the NBA history, possibly. So, yeah, but regardless, Kevin Durant, whenever you retire, come on to our show. We will, we will have you. Please? Yes. Please. We love you? Yes, we, and, we, we do kind of. And oh yeah, we have another sponsor. On one other thing. Evil Genius yeah, that, too. The... World domination. <laughs> All right, you get that. Oh, that just recently came out, right? Yeah, on Steam. So there you go. On you... Steam. All right. 
Okay, sorry, um, sorry. I do have a second MVP to counter it. Mm. We talked about it last week, but I don't think we talked about it on the show, and I think this deserves some praise. Because I'm certain our dislike of the New England Patriots, it has to be because of Tom Brady. Tom Brady might have gone to Tampa to get a ring, and he won it, but the year Tom Brady left, Bill Belichick, we get to see his dog. He's shaving his head for... Um, for cancer uh, survivors and that donation and the players just become better people. So I'm going to give that real MVP to player. We talked about Justin Heron um, last week who had saved a seven one year old woman from sexual assault at the park. I believe. I don't think we talked about last week, did we? Cause I think it was, and then we forgot about it. Um, but this is just someone who did the right thing when there's people who don't do the right thing. Um, and they honored him over in, the Arizona Police Department for his role in helping at the Temp Police Department. They gave him an outstanding service awards. And it's good to know that there's some humanity out there, especially with sports, because we always see about people donating, people helping out, providing in food charity and food drives. But whether you're a regular person or if you're a big star, there's some people who might not interfere in these kind of situations that happen. Um, yes, you can call the cops, and that's the first step. But 911 is not going to be immediate to help somebody from being sexually assaulted to prevent them. I believe he just shouted at the guy was kind of imposing. Um, I believe it was two guys. And then he just waited till law enforcement came in. It's just a good story. Some of those things that kind of tug on the heartstrings. So we go from Kevin Durant being petty in the MVP style, but we're going to go with Justin Heron for being the real MVP for it's just a good person. Yes. Standard for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, he plays offensive lineman. I hope he doesn't get cut. Bill Belichick, if you have to cut, you can cut Julian Edelman. I don't care. You have to keep this guy just for one season. Mm-hmm. Cookies, he can, he, Edelman can go and revise his, his contract, you know, or you can restructure camp, but whatever. But this is just such a, in my eyes, such a good thing as a sign of humanity. Yeah. Um, so he's a real MVP too. Okay. All right, boys. Uh, let's uh, some other tidbits, some other news. The Miami Heat, American Airlines Arena, will be renamed after a company named FTX, who dabbles in cryptocurrency exchange. Because every did this happened. Oh no, that that was yeah, that was that was some news that's been going down down here locally. So I was not cryptocurrency. All right, I've got about two hundred and eighty Doge coins, and I'm waiting for that to to become the best thing I've ever done in about 20 years. <laughs> so I'll sit down and wait, wait for my doge to go up in price. <laughs> All right. And my beloved Miami Marlins have also got a name change for their ballpark, Marlins Park, which it has been known as since 2012, is no longer going to be Marlins Park. It is... It is now going to be called Lone Depot Park. <laughs> I, apparently, it's a very lucrative deal. Our Lord and Savior Derek Jeter has brought down more, has gotten some donations and stuff. To, so we are, you know, it's adding to the till, which is going to be great for for us to be able to keep some guys. Something that that the previous regime as uh, couldn't do so yeah yeah but yeah the marlins they're they're gonna get some more Lone money loan depot not Lone home depot. depot folks loan depot so there that, that's that's there you go so I'm, I'm, um 
Some people aren't happy about the name, but at least they're getting money. And what else? Let's be real. Aside from sports analysts and the commentators and media, no one goes and says, "Hey." Often they go, let's go Lone Depot. It's like let's go, you know, let's go see the Heat play. Let's go see the Marlins play. Let's go yeah. do this. Let's go see the Yankees play. Yeah. I mean, yeah, everybody shortened uh, American Airlines Internet to AAA. You know? Yeah, so it, it's it's not dra- It's just a just a bad name, but I, I don't think that it's the worst. Of the worst because I know, um, even in Miami, I'm not gonna be like, hey, Francisco, let's go to the FTX Air or whatever the hell called FTX Arena. Let's go, man. It's not going to come out. It's literally not going to come out. The one time that will probably come out of my mouth to even acknowledge it fully that's not show-related would essentially be this. Ah, oh, man, you know, you'd be surprised. They put a big-ass FTX symbol outside. And so we're not seeing the American <laughs> airline. That would yeah. literally be the only time, one time in my life that is contingent on something else. So I think we're okay you know, yeah. in regards Let to Let me say this. Mm. I'm still I'm still disappointed that the uh, that the offer for it to be the Bang Bros Center was not taken oh, seriously. God. Hey. Oh they, boy, they got enough money out of us throughout the years. They can't get any more, right? <laughs> okay, so that that's that's what's gone down here in South Florida. Names are changing. The Panthers are probably going to change the name of the arena by next season. Well, it's, it's going to be Truist, right? Yeah. It's going to yeah. be the Truist. And company. it's not because the it's just the company merged, now it's going to be Truist. So this will probably be the last season as BB&T Center. So things are changing. And, yeah, no. So, all right. That's that news. Let's go on to, uh, gosh, NHL. I just want to talk about this. Aaron Ekblad. I'm not. What the heck was that? <laughs> I, I thought that was you being kind of over dramatic, making music in the background. Oh, okay. Eric Ekblad. Oh, it's bad. Oh, he. It's not as awful as it could have been. I will say this: Eric Ekblad against the Dallas Stars got injured, broke his leg. His legs got tangled with I forgot who from the from the Dallas Stars, but, and then he kind of, as they were untangling, he landed on his leg in a funny way, and as someone who has broken my leg during a sporting event, it brought back a lot of not good memories, and I feel for the man, but from what we have been told thus far, it's only three months that he will need to recover, it could have been worse, you know, everyone's like thinking about those the MCL or the ACL, any of that stuff, and he's he's gone until next next year, next calendar year, probably, if that that had happened, and who knows if he would have been the same player after that happened. But luckily, just broken bones, and just mend that three months, and people have calculated it out if the Panthers were to miraculously go on a Stanley Cup run. I think the latest Stanley Cup would be somewhere in July. So he would be recovered by June, and it could be a possibility that he could rejoin the team. But So he's pulling a Stamkos at that point? I, uh, yeah, I mean, Stamkos was a 
like a, I would Aiken Stanko's more more like a Kurt Gibson sort of situation. He came in for for one game, had his blaze of glory, and then went out. True. That that's basically what Stanko's did, and that well now he's fully back, but. But yeah, yeah, that could be a possibility. But then again, Ekblad's a defenseman, so even though he's one of the best offensive defensemen and a very good defensive defenseman now, he he was having his finest season. I was on Chase Thomas's podcast last Thursday, and I sung praises for Ekblad, and suddenly this happens, and maybe the maybe my hubris, the hockey gods, have punished me in some sort of Your way. Jinx. Yeah. And I, I don't think my Lord and Savior and our Lord and Savior, Derek Jeter, works in those realms because it is not pertaining to baseball. So, gosh darn it, man. The Panthers are going good. Barkov gets injured. My, my Swedish man crush now, Hornquist, got injured. And now Ekblad with a big, big injury. So I, I don't know what to think, guys. Uh, I'm not sure. And uh, Well, Shane Gostisbehere was put on waivers by the Flyers. He's a local guy from South Florida. Could use a change of scenery. He's a defenseman. Maybe the Panthers have cap space. Possibly. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah, that's just a crying shame. Oh, let's laugh at a team. You guys want to laugh at a, at a terrible team? As long as it's the Buffalo Sabres. <laughs> yes, it is. It is the Buffalo Sabres. Andrew, what happens to the Buffalo Sabres? Well, I guess a better question would be what hasn't happened to the Buffalo Sabres? <laughs> oh my so, my dear Charles, time for a little bit of a learn-a-goof here. Dime. The Buffalo Sabres are an NHL hockey team residing in Buffalo, New York. I know them, yes. They are... Let's say an unfortunate franchise. Yeah. Um, let's say that they, you know, how much bad luck the Buffalo uh, Buffalo Bills have had over the years. Yes. Tack that on with the Buffalo Sabers. Um, the closest they've come to a Stanley Cup win was mm. 1999. Oh, gosh. Oh, Brett. And I, I still get nightmares because <laughs> I was rooting for them in that one. Um, a, let's call it well, debatable. Well, yeah. Well, no, we've, we've, we've told Charles about this before with the skate in the, the crease. The skate in the, the, skate in the but, crease. But let's talk about the Sabres now. The Sabres okay. of, because that was, that was a very... Very different Sabres team. That is and, very true. And so I, I wanted to set up a little bit of how. Well, if if anybody wants a quick, well, not a, not a quick, not a quick, but a very good summation of the Buffalo Sabres, check out Urinating Tree's last video about the well, the the contrast between the Sabres and the Bills, and they're both owned by the same guy, Terry Pagula. So, it's kind of like the James Dolan situation with the Rangers and the Knicks. Although the Knicks are surprisingly all right. For now. So anyway, 
the Buffalo Sabres this year hmm. are currently 6-23 and 5. Hmm. Ooh, which means six, six which means six wins, twenty-three losses, and five overtime losses. What's that point differential? So having played thirty uh thirty-four games. Out of fifty-six. Out of fifty-six, because this is an abbreviated season, they've scored a whopping seventeen points. Ooh. Well, 17 points or no they got 23 points or no no 22. 17 oh sorry they have 23 losses i'm sorry right <laughs> i actually gave well, them they <laughs> they stuff. have they have fewer points mm, yeah than they have losses charles so oh the, and uh, one other thing let me yeah. explain the point system you get two points for a win either in regulation in overtime or shootout yes if you lose right. in regulation you get nothing and if you lose in overtime or in a shootout, you get one point. So, so this the Buffalo Sabers are mired right now in the longest playoff drought in the NHL as of right now. And if this can, years? it's it's at is it at ten now? I think it's at ten. Yeah, we're getting. I think we're getting. It's going to get forward. historical. That's it's going to get historical. The Florida Very Panthers good. and the surprisingly the Edmonton Oilers set the record. At ten straight seasons, and the Sabers, I think they're on their tenth right now. I'll have to look that up. So yeah, well, let's yeah, you can look that up while while I explain this. But let me, but I actually I, I want to take this. I, okay. I want this. You I you want you want oh I poor want Jack this. Eichel. I want this. <laughs> oh my goodness gracious! So as bad as this season has been, Charles. The Nega Wings. <laughs> oh, gosh. So, as bad as the season has been, Charles, the last month, basically, uh, a month and five days, have been dismal is putting it nicely. They have not won a single game since February 25th. Do you remember the beginning they of this? They have lost... 18 great <laughs> games. Andrew, do you remember the beginning of this season? And I, well, I remember the, when I, when uh, Johnny was on in, in your place and we talked about the Ottawa Senators and there was a point where we thought the Ottawa Senators, I thought like, man, they, they are awful. They looked like they were going to be, I, I mean, they probably wouldn't even reach double digits in victories. And uh, they were just the worst out of the worst teams. And now the Buffalo Sabres, I mean, gosh, man, you talk about constructing. They're knocking at your door and they're saying, sir. You, you talk about constructing a tank, kind of like what you can do in Evil Genius 2, World Domination on Steam. The Buffalo Sabres, I, they're going to be dominating the, the, the NHL draft lottery at this point because, wow, what a... What a fall! I mean, this tank is, and this is this is an inadvertent tank too. This is not a tank that they were trying to construct at all. This was a tank that they were trying to do something this season. They were it trying. Was an, it was an unintentional tank. They were trying to get Jack Eichel to to be convinced, like, hey, we got some guys, we can support you. Hey, here's Taylor Hall for a season. And, and that, let me let ooh. me divert really quick here. 
so Jack Eichel, aka the Jackal, because you know Jack Eichel, <laughs> very clever, is one of the best young players in the league right now. He is all of twenty-four years old. He was the Going guy taken. He is from North Chelmsford, mm. Massachusetts. Hence, why BU said Eichel, come home. Mm. Um, oh no! Don't go to Boston. Or <laughs> go anywhere else but Boston. Played for his uh, for BU's beloved Boston University Terriers. Uh, Terriers. Um, he is really, really good. The problem is, the teams he's played for have been really, really bad. I gosh, man! So How long has he been playing on the uh, he, he was he was drafted second overall, and the only reason why is because Connor Mc yeah Connor McJesus Connor McDavid was taken ahead of them, and of course, McDavid is amazing. Even Hence though, the even nickname the, Connor McJesus, even the Oilers can't completely tank with him on the team. Hang on a second. A ref collapsed at the USC Gonzaga game. What? Oh, oh boy. So yeah, USC Gonzaga is happening right now, and they're at the fourteen minute mark. And yeah, like the the score has been frozen here at seventeen to four. So that's that's what's going down. Uh oh. That's not good. okay. Yeah. I'm checking it right now. Um. Okay. Well, let me wrap up this Buffalo Sabres thing. So. The yeah, the Buffalo Sabers' most recent travesty was they were up, like they were playing against the Philadelphia Flyers, the fraudulent NHL team from Philadelphia. As we all, everything from Philly is is fraudulent. We all know this. Well, the Buffalo Sabers were winning three to nothing after two periods, and. One would think, ah, oh, oh man, well, the Sabers are. And let me let me remind you. Let me remind you. This is a Philadelphia Flyers team that lost nine nothing to the New York Rangers, whose entire coaching staff was out with COVID, mm. and they lost, I think, eight to three a couple of games later. So again, this is not a good Philadelphia Flyers team. They're four points above five hundred, but the, yeah, they they've they've had some really up and down spells and this looked like one of those down ones like oh man even the sabers are going to get one against philly but oh this tank this inadvertent tank this tank that has just bursted into buffalo has torn everything asunder just just what what a i mean sheesh man the ai of this tank this is there's probably a t1000 controlling this tank the sabers are not in control anymore the tank has taken over. <laughs> I will appreciate that reference. Yes. The tank has taken over. Oh, did it take over in the third period? It gave, they gave up three goals in the third. And, oh, well, the Sabres took it into overtime. Well, no, the Sabres didn't take it into overtime. No, the tank allowed the Flyers to take it into overtime, where they then won the game. <laughs> so it's the Mur- it's the Murphy's Law of hockey, essentially. Or are they just that bad where it's not even applicable? Oh, man. Because I... you got to, re- it just reminds me of like the 0 16 Cleveland Browns. Well, there were some games that were actually close to winning, and then the heartbreak ensued. I, I mean, no. No, this Sabres team is bad. This this Sabres team is no bueno, Charles. 
Not good at all. I mean, to only have six wins, I you know I don't follow hockey, but I always associate it to the worst basketball team ever be there, Charlotte Bobcats. So one of the one oh man, I do have to shout out one guy, or not shout him out, maybe condemn. I'm not even sure, or just uh, just what acknowledge a, acknowledge and show what an awful decision that he made. So Taylor Hall could have gone to any contender in the NHL. Heads on over to Buffalo on a one-year contract. Kind of probably probably had the the idea of oh let me let me go to one year in Buffalo. Maybe even had the idea hey I'm I'm good enough I could probably post up really good numbers at Buffalo, even if they suck, I'll probably be traded to a contender maybe get a chance at a ring, or if I don't I would have had really good numbers and I can get you know the 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 big contract the 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 pay for generations of children's college contract, you know? Well, that has not happened for Taylor Hall. In 34... And to add add literal insult, uh, literal injury to insult, he got hit in the face with a slap shot from his own teammate Mm. two days ago. Which again... Funny, funny, this is the guy that the the visor rule is for too. (laughs) Which again proves my point. Yeah. There should be more full face visors. Once again, the same guy that instituted the visor rule. So, uh, anyways, thirty four games played, he's only scored two goals. Two goals. The Sabers paid this man for two goals. He's got sixteen assists, but you know, hockey assists. You can have the the hockey assist, the the secondary one. And, you know, sheesh, man, you can sneeze on the puck and be, be given the hawk, the, the secondary assist. So They're not paying this man for assists. They exactly. They're paying for goals. He, oh, man, this... Tra- uh, Taylor Hall What's was... What's the goal the, differential? Hold on, let me see. What What is the goal differential right now? Taylor Hall was the... My... Uh, was oh my the... gracious. The super stud before Connor McDavid, everyone thought, oh, this is going to be the next generation. There's like a generational talent every three seasons. I don't know what the hell everyone keeps talking well, about. No, it's just people. Alexis Lafreniere it's, it's, was a generational uh, it's talent. It's the hype thing. There's there's, ne- it's, there's never that many. There's only usually the la- four the or last, five I think, true generation. generational talent. Well, no. Like you got Alex Ovechkin, you got Sidney Crosby, and this one is Connor McDavid right now. Okay? And maybe Nathan McKinnon, I could say. So, maybe. So so there you go. Those are those are the big guys. All right, but regardless, minus fifty one for the Buffalo Sabres right now. And their their goal differential. Man, this and team is I'm awful. Ass- I'm assuming you know what goal differential is, Charles. Yeah, well now they're yes. using that in basketball. They're using the differential yeah. term as well. So a lot of hockey stuff is going into basketball. All this analytics stuff is kind of well, seeping into each other. Ironically, I would say hockey has the best analytics. Yeah, because hockey. I always like, I think NBA should have the assist to the assist that. Yeah, war is now getting worked into hockey and basketball, which is weird, but regardless. Anyways, Buffalo Sabres, let's, okay, we can, we can pile on these guys. That's enough. They are awful, and they should know it, and... Ah uh, man, that tank, that that tank is just taking over. They they can no longer control it. No, they can they can only feed the tank at this point. And really, at this point, oh man, who is the next closest team? Nobody, nobody is near them. 
with regards to no they're gonna get they're, they're gonna have the the most ping pong or lottery balls in the in the the new draft lottery the next one so so what's the uh to remind a peasant they are 11 the, points the ahead goals. of everybody else or behind however you want to see it <laughs> so what, what was your question charles what's the new lottery uh style oh we, for, well we talked yeah, about it we talked about it last week where they're they're just going to try and prevent the edmonton oilers style of things where the <laughs> you can get multiple number one draft picks within a five-year period uh, now, ah, now yes, they've limited it to to, to to just two, and the dra- winning the draft lottery only moves you up ten spots. So, eleven of the sixteen teams that don't make the playoffs will have a chance at it, at the number one. So there, there you go. But that's that's it. All right, that's the Buffalo Sabers, everybody. It just, just man. Oh, I I don't know how those fans feel. Maybe Andrew can can kidnap a, a Sabres fan or a writer or somebody that, that knows, and we can figure out what they're thinking. The Sagona smuggler always gets his man. Yes, he does. <laughs> hey, you write for the Buffalo Sabres? Come on over here. In we season six, we'll see where that tank is at that point and see if he can smuggle in somebody from, from the poor, just destroyed ruins of the city of Buffalo, except for... Ralph Wilson Stadium, whatever the heck they're calling it right now. So there you go. All right. Oh, man. Where are we at? We're at the 40-minute mark. Can I do a small segment, guys? Go ahead. Yeah. Can I present something? This to bridge us over. Bridge us over because well, we got some trade stuff to talk about as well. So I wanted to do this one. Uh, let's, let's get a little cultured. Slight culturing. Let's go uncultured swine. And I was looking around trying to find a team. I'm like, oh, this one looks interesting. It'll be quick. The Capitanes de Ciudad de México. All right. Say that five times fast. The Capitanes de Ciudad de México. They were established in 2017. If you guys don't know, that's the Mexico City Captains in English. They play in the Liga Nacional de Baloncesto Profesional. And really the only notable thing that I have here is that they will be joining the NBA G League next season. So I like that. The NBA is expanding, well, the G League at least, is ex- expanding into Mexico and pretty far south Mexico. Mexico City's really south compared to every other team. I, I can't imagine the, the travel expenses to go from, from one to the other. But yeah, imagine going from Sioux Falls, South Dakota, all the way down to Mexico City. That is a long. I trip. wonder how they're gonna do that with virus protocols still in effect. Well, we, yeah, that that was the thing. They were supposed to join the league this season, but because of the virus, that was postponed, and they're looking for next season. But I would assume that is also up in the air, depending on how vaccinations for the virus goes in both countries. Really. So, oh my God, Francisco! What? Sorry to interrupt. Hmm. Florida is beating Detroit three nothing right now at the end of the first. Don't don't 
Dome. Are you trying to say this like the Buffalo Sabers, or are you just like? Hey. No, no, no. I'm, I'm stating a fact. Oh, oh okay. All right. <laughs> that that's uh, for any team. That is a huge margin to have after one period. Yeah. Yeah, I know. But it always brings about the the whole like, oh, they're gonna have a lull, and then you can a team can always come back. I mean, the Red Wings aren't the worst, as we all know right now. And uh, they they can they can surprise they've surprised the Panthers they they beaten the Panthers this season so I'm not I'm not gonna gonna let the Red Wings I don't know I don't want them to sneak up on us so but it's 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 encouraging at least they're they've got the the rallying cry now for this season if things if they start going on a miracle run it's it's gonna be all for Ekblad for sure do it for Ek all right. Yeah, so the and they they play oh the Capitanas play at Gimnasio Juan de la Barrera, Mexico City, opened in nineteen sixty-eight, holds about five thousand two hundred and forty-two, and that's where they played the volleyball tournament at the nineteen sixty-eight Olympic Games. Oh, there you go. Little little learning, little culturing. There you go. To pick your brain real quick. Well, right do, you think, well, right. do you think that would well, open up the doors well, for international uh, players to go to the G League? That I, might not be on the radar for um, not like the way Chris well, Saps and well, Luca and all that stuff, but maybe be an invite for those other people that want an opportunity? Because G League with the two-way contracts and everything, give an opportunity for guys to get those rosters. I mean, we've poached plenty of them before. The NBA is trying to, yeah, get control. Really, I think they're they're really pushing for all of this international uh, appeal. So going into Mexico is is one of them, and I think that team the the Capitanas were just a group of guys that wanted to get basketball back on the map in Mexico, and that's why they created that team. And I guess the NBA saw that and was like, yeah, let's let's help you guys out there. And of course, the NBA wants to push their foothold into Mexico. So that's, I think it's a smart thing for them. And I could see international players coming to the G League for, for that reason. Heck, maybe the NBA could, maybe this is like their first experiment into inter, internationalization of, of, well, their minor league system. And maybe, hey, start experimenting. Okay, let's see how the logistics go, traveling to Mexico and all that stuff. And then, who knows? The NBA is already in Canada and the United States. You know, the NFL has always talked about London. I mean, gosh, could you see the NBA going to London? I could see them doing that. I could see them finding a way to work around the schedule for that. I mean, London, I, I just try to think of where a lot of the international players come from. It's always Spain or one of the Eastern European but countries. If, yeah, I mean, but the thing is, London's As a like localization, the, sure. Like, yeah, London's. I guess you would say is, is is central to Europe. Well, not really, but I mean it could be Paris as well. But I I think London would probably just for the the language factor alone would be where the NBA could could target expanding that way, in my opinion at least. Yeah, and I think it works differently than how you haven't had it recently because of the the virus. But um, a lot of players would go to China until their seasons were free up, and then they come around once the buyouts were completed mm-hmm. in the NBA. That's how um, a lot of players kind of got uh, put onto playoff rosters or teams, and they got a second chance because that's really what happens. You would go 
overseas, get your second chance opportunities, play well there. Unless you're Stefan Marbury, who just said, I'm going to be a Superman over here and score yeah. like 60 points a game and be ridiculous. And him and Jimmer Fredette, the yeah. only two who, because Steph- I'm going to say right now, Stefan could have handled the NBA. He just couldn't handle New York because New York were dense, yeah. for lack of a better word, with the Knicks. But Jimmer, it, it never transitioned well. But he's, I, I think the last time I checked about Jimmer Fredette, not a player to remember yet just yet, but he was dropping like 40 points a game. Over there in one of the uh, yeah. the Chinese and, leagues. And BU suggests here having an entire Europeanish a division, so away teams could do a Euro swing. Yeah, but do you could... all remember the Starbury line? Oh yeah, I remember that. Good time. Yeah. Good so time. the uh, yeah and yeah put a team, uh, maybe like a four team division with Paris, Madrid, London, and. Berlin, possibly. I could see that. I Is that too that. big of basketball, though? Yeah, I mean, gosh, man. Well, but I can't I see really that. Can't I'm just thinking about. As I, it is. I'm just thinking about. I mean, yeah. I but think I, you need you need I, the owner who would put the initiative out there. Like in the NFL, there's Shad Khan, who yeah. is really big on the overseas games, and we always joke that it's going to be the London Jaguars at some point. But man, I, I could see the NBA trying to like have like a twenty-four hour cycle of just games. Okay, let's the European games to start out in the morning, and then <laughs> the West Coast games at night. Just have. I mean, start. honestly, their better bet is just to create an NBA Europa in the off season for American. I mean, I could basketball. see them doing that too. Possibly, I, even, I would watch it. Possibly, buying maybe buying up some of those Euro leagues and be like, let's just make a our own NBA Europe like the NFL Europe experiment, but this time it'll work because basketball is more popular. You can yeah, sell basketball I don't think it was like, out there. Remember when we were watching like Korean baseball when the shutdown first started, but mm. I didn't watch much of that, but I, I would watch European ball. It's one of the things that made the Olympics exciting, just on Olympic rules, because it was not a component to the NBA because you can always appreciate people and yeah. their style. I think Ricky Rubio kind of showed that. Yeah. Yeah, just think about the baseball experiment. I think because Major League Baseball sucks at marketing right now, they, they, I mean, they really should be working hard to those Asian markets, Japan, South Mm -hmm. Korea, Taiwan. There there are places, I mean, even Australia watches baseball. So there are places that they can just try and influence, but they just suck at it. They just do. All right. Um, Andrew. Yes, another, sir. Another hockey topic. Let's do hockey this first half, mainly. Tim Peel. Ah, uh, yep. Yeah, this will get us over to the halfway point. Yep. So, Poor Tim Peel. I know. Peel. He was retiring after this season, too. I know, but he goes out as a total scapegoat. <laughs> All right, let's let's about this, Charles. Let, let's introduce uh, Charles. No, you have to you have to educate me a little bit on this guy. All right, I, I I want Ooh. to I want to go. Too much this. has happened. Okay. in the basketball world, and my attentions so, have not been. So on let, hockey, let me do let me let me do the preliminary, Andrew, and then you can go into what he did. So, NHL. Well, you've been to a hockey game, Charles. You, you know the, I've, the. I've been to several. Yeah, you, yeah. you know that the, the refs, just like in, in the NFL, they're mic'd up as well. And every time there's Oh, a... him. Yes, I know that guy. Yeah. He was trying to intentionally find something to call and yes. get the other team in trouble. Okay, the team. so he's... He was, he was Charles a little punk-ass about it. Then. Exactly. So, 
man, over the years, man, I, I love I've loved watching the the hockey guys video on YouTube about this, and he's a Vancouver Canucks fan, also a Bruins fan, but he lives out in British Columbia, so he's a Canucks <clears throat> fan, and he's just like I remember back in the '80s with uh, Roger Nielsen putting up the white flag, thinking the refs were against them. And how that shaped me as a fan early on when I was a kid. And and now that this has gone on, and every team in the NHL, every fan base thinks that there are calls that are going against them um, uh, without, without merit. Without merit. And it just seemed like, man, they're, they're just having makeup calls. And it's something that has been known unofficially by a lot of people if you've been watching hockey for for a long time you notice things their makeup calls are a thing that happen in all sports really i don't i can't say i mean we can't say that this doesn't happen in the nba or this doesn't happen in major league baseball or this doesn't happen in the nfl (coughs) exactly Bless you. Um, I, I was just clearing my throat. Oh, I thought that was a sneeze. It sounded like a sneeze. But, well, Tim Peel. Andrew, what happened to this man? So, Mr. Peel was caught on a hot mic saying, um, well, let me give a little bit of background of the game. Um, there was a fairly weak call against... Uh, I think it was against the Red Wings earlier in the game. It was, yeah, against the Nashville Predators. Against the Nashville Predators early in the game where the dude basically flopped. Um, But it was called as a penalty. So in the second period, another weak call was called against Detroit. And... um, Sorry, one second. Okay, I'm back. Mm. Um, And he's caught on a hot mic basically saying, I wanted to get the team on a penalty. Um, Essentially admitting that he was making making a makeup call for the weak call earlier. The NHL immediately, quote-unquote, fired him. Which, in reality, they just said he's no longer going to be working games for us because... He's suspended indefinitely, which he was retiring anyway, so he is done. He just gets an early retirement. Um, And remember, uh, we also have to note the... Tim Peel himself as a ref in the hockey world. A lot of people have a lot of problems with him over all of these years that he's been working. He's not as beloved as Wes McCauley. And so this, for a lot of people, this kind of vindicates some of their feelings towards him. I'm using a lot of big Wes words. Wes was at our week. game we went to, right? <laughs> I use a lot of words. I remember you guys I remember you guys pointed him out. Oh, yeah. Me and Andrew were like kind of fawning over him oh, as God, he passed us by. <laughs> yeah, we're like, holy crap. <laughs> But yes, yes, uh, that's that was Wes McCauley. But yeah, Tim Peel doesn't have the same reputation. Anyways, sorry, Andrew, continue. Um, so 
the NHL says we we take this seriously. We 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 our fans insist on fairly called games. We insist on fairly called games. Blah 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 blah. Total total bullshit. And again, I say he's a scapegoat because everyone and their mother, a, a little five-year-old, knows that there are makeup calls in the NHL. It's we hate it. We wish they didn't happen, but they do. It's a part of the game. We understand that. We're still pissed about it. It's I guess it's almost kind of like robot uh, robot umpires. We hate when umpires looking at you, Angel Hernandez, um, make shitty calls on balls and strikes. We know it's going to happen. It's a part of the game. We are going to get pissed about it. But when you introduce the idea of robot umpires, everyone gets pissed because it's taking something away from the game. Not me. Kind of in that same vein. <laughs> I'm, I welcome we, our robot overlords. Kind of in that same vein, everyone knows that these makeup calls exist. We all hate them. We don't think they should happen, but we accept them, kind of. So the NHL is like, Oh no, there's no. It's like no, it, freaking admit it, guys. Say they can't. They can't, Andrew. I mean, they they can't. They can't, or else it, it questions the integrity of the game. Also, and I, I think this is a a futuristic ploy for gambling in the future. Once sports betting starts becoming legal in more and more states and across the world. These leagues have to have, or at least have to put on the face that things are going all right, that nothing is influencing the game, and that calls are being called the right way and by the book. So, you know, we they, they want those that DraftKings sponsorship like the WWE. <laughs> well, mm -hmm. That's a little preview. Yeah, you know, we love a little, uh, you know, a little. I'll wait to ask this for the cage, but but anyway, yeah, it's in some ways they actually the NHL piss off more people with this feigned, uh, oh, such an indignity. Um, it's like. It, it pissed curls. off more people because it's like you're letting this dude take the fall for something that we all know exists. Mm. It has existed from the beginning of time. It will continue to exist for the rest of the NHL. I mean, they're trying to save their butts because, I mean, they could have, let's say, they could have, I'm just thinking of it from the NHL standpoint. It's like, well, we could suspend him for, I don't know, a week, whatever you want to say, a few games. He doesn't call games for a few weeks. He does some sort of, you know, we acknowledge he did some sort of, I don't know, reorientation, even though it's his last his last season of his career uh, to, you know, re he reread the, the rule book. I have no idea. Any of that stuff. And then he comes back. But then there's always going to be the question, which in any game that he would be uh, in the in the referee crew for is, oh, Tim Peel's here. Look out. And there's going to be more complaints, more players are going to be yapping, coaches are going to be yapping, fans are going to be yapping. And the NHL didn't want that that fallout. They didn't want that fallout at all. 
That's and let's, let's be honest. Now, if they had him calling only Buffalo Sabres games for the rest of his <laughs> of, of his season, I think that would have been the the happy medium for everybody. Was... Let, let, <laughs> let's be honest here. In the grand scheme of referee controversies, this is nothing compared to whatever that dude during the Lakers Kings series back in Tim what what's his face? Well, yeah, well there was Tim Donaghy, yeah, yeah, or even yeah the, the the Kings versus the Lakers in two thousand two. So yeah, this this goes nowhere near. It was a regular season game. The Red Wings aren't making the making the playoffs. None, and even maybe even the Predators aren't making the playoffs. So it's it, it's probably not going to be. It's pretty inconsequential in the grand scheme of things. And it's just kind of like one of those, ugh, the NHL kind of kind of deals. But yeah, yeah, I think the, the, we, we, we need to make a petition now. Let's go to change.org. Bring Tim Peel back, but he can only call Buffalo Sabres games. <laughs> oh, I think he would just straight up retire. He's like, nope, I quit. <laughs> I, I quit. I'm done. Nope, no for me. Oh, boys. Well, that took us to the halfway point, gentlemen. So it means it is a word from our non-sponsors, people, places, things, concepts, what have you, that that we've been enjoying over the last week. Andrew, I've been enjoying your non-sponsor from from last week. uh, Let's game it out. Uh-huh. That dude's hilarious. I love funny it. Funny shit, right? Yeah, funny it is. Shit. It is incredibly funny. You have to check that out. I love the Planet Zoo ones. Those were the best <laughs> of all of them. It even makes me want to get Planet Zoo as like a, hey, I can play with this uh, on stream with my nephew or whatever, or my niece. And at the same time, I'm just like, I really feel like killing a bunch of giraffes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Freddy's going to start us out today. Mountain Dew Rise. Mountain Dew Rise. Metal Gear Rising. That is, except it's probably. Which I have yet to play, Charles. I have to buy that when it goes on sale. It's going to be a fun 12 hours that you should play. Yes. Metal Gear plus Platinum Games. Sounds good. So, yeah, Mountain Dew Rise. Uh, So, I will. I guess I haven't gone first in a while, so I will go first. What is it? Oh my goodness. Look at this. Look at this ad campaign that they got here. Focus to make the future. There's LeBron. Oh, listen, they make some decent energy drinks at Mountain Dew because I like their amp and then yeah. their other one. Their okay. Kickstarter. Look at LeBron. I'm all school. Mountain Dew Rise Energy. Oh, so he, he transferred over from Sprite. He used to be a Sprite dude. Now he's, now he's, now he's Mountain Dew. Look, Sprite, Mountain Get Dew, they're both color green and he cares about money. Mm. Yeah. Chipwitch. Chipwitch Chip from BU. Let's take a look at that. NWHL players love them so much they commit ice crimes to get at the secret stash in the penalty boxes or so the NWHL Twitch chat. Chipwitch, the original ice cream cookie sandwich. Ah, yeah. Made with real vanilla ice cream yes. rolled in chocolate chips and sandwiched between two soft baked cookies. That mm. sounds freaking delicious. Indeed, it does. Look at that. BU knows how to speak to my high calorie, high cholesterol heart. Oh, those that. are so good. Yeah. They have a name? They got a birthday cake variety? Look at that. Cookies and cream, vanilla chocolate chip. That is. Ooh. 
the diabetes might be worth it. <laughs> oh, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna divert really quick off of my non-sponsor, okay. but you, you saying diabetes reminded me of the carcinogenic <laughs> diabetes that is Peeps flavored Pepsi. Oh, <laughs> I forgot about that. Oh, did what? Did you try it? Did you sacrifice your I body? I have not. I oh, have okay. not. I never will. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's not something Charles would even contemplate. <laughs> you guys know. Here, here's the yeah, thing. Like, Charles the guinea pig for everybody. Here's the thing that's unfortunate. I love Pepsi. Pepsi is my favorite soft drink, especially uh, wild cherry Pepsi. Damn right. I hate Peeps. My hatred of peeps outweighs my love of Pepsi. <laughs> wow. The only thing that peeps are good for is blowing up in a microwave. Or giving the kids on Halloween just to see them cry. <laughs> oh, and by the way, BU, congratulations on, I assume, your Boston Pride winning the Isabel Cup. Mm-hmm. That's true. That happened. They were finally uh, able to play some games. Uh, f- defeated the Minnesota Whitecaps, I think, mm. four to three, if I remember correctly. Yeah, it was a um, pretty close game. It was a very close game. Uh, it was four two. The Whitecaps uh, brought it within one with 19 seconds remaining in the game. Empty net. Alas, they could not uh, uh, could not seal the deal in those 19 seconds. So. Another trophy goes to Boston, and Ooh. Victor Hedman is injured, and I am pissed. Uh, and I'm not, not going to call hockey. anything. Sorry, I'm watching the Tampa Bay Lightning. <laughs> um, the hockey gods are trying to balance things out. You lose, we lose, we lose Ekblad. You guys lose Hedman. <laughs> and I, I rarely get angry at referee calls because it's like. Oh, you know what? The guy slid into him on the ice. Ugh. That's unfortunate. Mm. The guy, the guy was sliding to try and uh, block a pass, um, and his momentum just took him into the boards and headman. So that yeah. sucked. Um, anyway, back on track. Um, so my non-sponsor. It's funny that Bu mentioned cookies or cookie product because my non-sponsor is. Crack cookies. Nah. Do y'all remember crack cookies from FIU? Wait, yeah. who sold them? Who sold them? It was the little was, uh, was convenience little, store that was right by it. Oh, that's right. And what's it a, was what's, that little convenience what, store? What was University it called? Powers. The Breezeway or whatever. I forgot what it was called. Something like that. Ah, I, um, I can't put crack cookies. I don't. I don't want to. I'm afraid of what will happen if I put it on the screen. <laughs> Peepsy. But, a good one. I like that. Peepsy. Like Beepus. Uh, we got um, I'll try and search for it, but gosh, I. Uh. My guess is you're not going to be able to find it without something else coming up that is not good to have. Uh, I'll just put shops and cafes, shop FIU. It might turn out there, but regardless, explain. Explain. We just put FIU crack cookies. I'm afraid of what will happen though if it pops up on the screen. <laughs> don't don't need the banning in 2021. 
right, we just anyway, got our video sponsorships back. Come on now. <laughs> so anyway, crack cookies very good. Uh, they do have other varieties, but the true crack cookies, excuse me, are the chocolate chips. Very fresh, very yummy, very gooey, much delicious. They sustained me through at least one final study period. Um, I remember I was part of a study group for, I want to say, Crimlaw? Breezeway Cookies. Um but we got a whole bunch of crack cookies as well as the brownies and other uh, tasty desserts that they sell there. Um, so yeah, Breezeway cookies, crack cookies, gotta love them. Uh, promo code, gooey goodness. Gooey goodness, okay. All right then, well then. Ah, uh, that's, that's, I think I've only eaten them once, ever. I was more health conscious back then. <laughs> At least oh, friend, last year of law school. You, did you see the picture of that hat that I sent you from the FIU bookstore? Yeah, the Panthers, uh, the FIU Panthers vice hat. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, everybody's everybody's gotta, got one. You gotta get in on that, man. Everybody's got one. Everybody's got one now. Ah, gosh. Let's see, my hat, I've, well, man, I haven't bought a new hat in a long time. Well, not a long time, I think last Christmas. I got a Miami Heat hat, never mind. But, uh, yeah, no, 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 no. I, I'm good. I'm good with, with spending right now. At this moment, I just bought a new video game. And no, I'll do my non-sponsor. It is a video game, guys. <laughs> so, it's a game that I have yet to beat, but I will probably beat it sometime this week because I am on that trajectory at the moment. It is, it's an oldie. Well, I guess relatively old at this point, but Need for Speed. Uh, need for Speed. Most Wanted. The second version of the game. Although the first one's not bad either. I, but I, I didn't complete that one. But this one I probably will complete. Need for Speed Most Wanted by EA Games. So EA, count Challenge your lucky Lucky's stars. Game. Count your lucky stars that I'm not bashing you this week. Sometimes, oh, let's see, this game was released what? Back, oh, 2012. So you guys did something right eight years ago. Or nine years ago now. So, but you, you guys really suck. This is a horrible non-sponsor, but... <laughs> But Need for Speed Most Wanted. Guys, every once in a while, and maybe it's thanks to Dougie Souls and me watching his Twitch streams, I get the, the need for speed. I get the itch to play some racing games, and Mario Kart 8 just doesn't do it. I need some semi-realistic action. Not too realistic. I don't want to play Gran Turismo and that stuff. I don't know nothing. I don't know what a carburetor is. I just want to get inside the wheel, not inside the wheel. Get 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 behind the wheel. I mean, getting inside the wheel would be kind of weird. And, and just go. So, Need for Speed Most Wanted gives me that that satisfaction. And this is pretty much an open world racing game. You get this giant city, which is a BU. I guess I don't know if you've played this game, but it 
heavily looks like Boston. Like, heavily looks like Boston. That bridge, I don't know what that bridge is called, the one next to the, the TD Center or TD Garden, whatever. They got that bridge in there. They got this one government-looking building that I know I've been to. <laughs> That's in the, like, it's it's basically Boston. It is basically Boston. I don't know what other city it's mixed with. Because usually they mix, influ like, influences from, from two cities. Like, I think Need for Speed Underground 2 was like a mix of L.A. and Miami, which was kind of cool. But this is... This is Boston. This this is Boston, and it's it's good, man. It is good. I, I can't really find many faults with it. It's not glitchy. I'm playing it on Wii U, by the way, but it released on the Xbox 360 and the PS3 and PC. Get it on the PS3 quickly now because they're about to shut down the PS3 store online. I mean, you can find the physical copy, but... Yeah, yeah, it's it's a good one, man. You got a bunch of cars. My 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 favorite right now is the the Ariel Adam V something. Basically, looks like a go kart. So that one's my favorite thus far from from playing it. And the the crashes are spectacular because the developer of this game is the one who developed Burnout. So the action is it's damn good, as Gamespot has said. And I mean, the, the entire premise of the game is to defeat the most wanted. So you defeat the 10 most wanted people uh, that in this game, and they have their you know awesome car, and you, you beat them in, in, the, in the road. So it's, it's that. And I think I need to defeat two more guys and or women. I don't know. They're kind of featureless drivers to, to beat the game. And I've been streaming that a lot on Twitch lately. So if you guys want to check that out, you can. So promo code vehicular manslaughter. Okay, and I, that went dark. And, and well, I say that because the way you defeat the most wanted, you defeat them in a race. And once you defeat the race, if you want to get the car that they're driving in, you have to basically make them crash. And some of the guys are so hard to beat that when you finally beat them, you feel like nothing but killing them at the end. It's very satisfying. I will say that much. It is very satisfying to just just destroy them and 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 kill them at the end. It's it's fun. So there you go. All right, Charles. It's you can go next. So taking into Francisco want to kill people. I'm, my non-sponsor is somebody that almost killed somebody that I know, and I had to save their life. So, boys. I guess I'll tie the two stories together because it's kind of funny. Boys, as we know, I am still, you know, I, I had a solid two months of my life starting my 2021 where I couldn't get all the things I wanted to eat. Why? Because we got the wisdom team taken out. We got fillings. We had um, a root canal done. And then we had to do a placement with a crown. All, all these things. And so there were certain foods I cannot have. So I went to one of the other places, the other offices that I worked at the other day, and they had a high supply of candy. And I haven't had this sugary sweetness in so long. It's basically what I would imagine the saliva of Mr. Ro you know, Mr. Bob Ross and Mr. Rogers would taste like. I haven't had Skittles in such a long time. Months on end. Couldn't have any of that hard candy, that caramelo duro, as uh, 
in my ancestors would tell me and i got that and i got some starburst but i haven't had a starburst yet but i got that the other day and i inhaled that bag it was just mm, it was so good boys it was delicious i love me some skittles when i was a kid man it was the rotation at 15 was skittles hot cheetos and starburst ain't, ain't nobody gonna put me down and if i am on an onset for diabetes we know why it's because of damage i did from 15 to 23 and then working for certain nonprofits always gives me the benefit of free candy with the food banks i will harass that job just for the holiday reese's cups but getting full-size skittle bars i know they're not bars but full-size bag of skittles ah oh, thank you for shelter for knowing that i want that stuff um but it was so good I, it's just, I don't know how, I don't know if you guys like to just kind of take all the same flavors. I don't know if you guys like to take just, you know, mix them all together, but I will mix it like a color painting and put it all in my mouth and just enjoy just letting it just take me in every way, shape or form in my mouth. And I love it, boys. I love it. It's just so dang good. I love me some Skittles. I, I feel like I can't stress enough of it. If you hate Skittles, just don't, don't talk to me. We're breaking up. It's over. I'm done. They, they ain't happening. But Skittles, hmm. One of the better kind of candies and what i've had to tell people is the difference between candy and chocolates and it's just so good maybe if we ever do the and maybe this is a sneak preview because even though kids we're going to be on the off season we still might be around for a very interesting kind of draft hint hint mm, um yes. that might involve either fast food yes. or bad food the and nfl you, you know, draft we have some plans i'm gonna be the cleveland brown of the fast food bad food drafts just taking anything with potential we need to combat my apathy for the draft and all drafts in general and, and but yeah <laughs> that's gonna be skittles fun. it's so good i love it promo code taste the rainbow mm-hmm. yummy. How, yummy how do you guys feel about skittles i, I like skittles. them yeah i like them i like the the chewy version of uh, I guess I, I always think of M and M's versus Skittles. They're both made by the same company, right? So I would assume, uh, probably. Yeah. But so I, mean, now I have a question for you, Charles. Yes. Do you ever just put a bunch in your mouth and just suck on them and let? Of course. That's why it's mm. the. Ta- I'm certain that's what the mixture of Bob Ross and Mister Rogers' saliva spit would be in my <laughs> mouth. Yes. Straight up. Oh boy. Just now. Okay. Well, now we're into the second half, gentlemen. And I guess we, we should talk about some things that went down. Andrew, your favorite part, the NBA. <laughs> Definitely my favorite part. Funny. Lately, at least. Mm. Well, NBA trade deadline went down and guys have moved around. Guys were bought out. Guys went to other places. And Charles is feeling some love and some hate, some petty going may, into this. May I start? Ah, may yes. I? Go ahead. So I told you guys, LaMarcus Aldridge, you a hoe. You a straight up hoe. You want to go to Brooklyn? You want to go to Brooklyn? They already got you in Blake Griffin, man. You want to go to Brooklyn? Are you going to start? We had you ready. The plan was working in every way, shape, or form. And you go to Brooklyn, and you leave me. You leave me to be chosen between two former New Orleans Pelicans of either 
uh, I, I, you know, I don't know how to say it. It's like Belishma or whatever his name is. And possibly DeMarcus Cousins. Mm. You hold Marcus. You had your opportunities. I'm not even <laughs> mad. Andre Drummond going to the Lakers because he's been the perennial shit show of <laughs> shit storm mm. for any kind of teams from his time with Detroit and Cleveland. I think he only made the playoffs maybe twice in Detroit. So I get it. I'm not going to crap on Andre. His game's limited. We talked about it on one of the shows, I think, when Brandon was on about how bad he was sure. But you know what? I'm not going to hang on, but LaMarcus, you were all about earning your winning culture. You were in Portland. You went to San Antonio. We were ready for you. It was happening. It was set up, and you got cold feet. And we should have known. We should have known. Our good mm. friend Jeremy Taché, swinging and Mishes, Breakfast at Jeremy's. I find that very entertaining. I don't know if you guys watch. I like it a lot um, to get my little recaps if I can't watch some of the games. But I bring it to the point of I was ready for you. You're 35 years old. You were going to get a chance to probably get starter minutes. And now you're just going to ride the bench. Mm. And remember this. You ain't going to get that ring in Brooklyn. Because when I said it with our – his name was John, right? The other guy that we were talking about? I forget. Not John from hockey, but John from basketball. You got to remember. It's been a ah, yes. Back. Yeah, it is John. I was saying that Brooklyn wasn't going to get there. Granted, James Harden, MVP all the way, no debate. Fight me on that. Don't give me that Luka Doncic stuff. But you are going to settle for an Eddie Curry championship ring if you make it this year. Granted, there's nothing to say that he is anything, if not the best seven seed you'll ever see in your damn life. But we're going to be loyal. We can put on makeup, too. We got a fancy new <laughs> eyeliner in the name of Victor Oladipo. Mm-hmm. We went to Lush for that. We didn't go to Walmart. Your team's a collection Victor of Walmart wanted the products. By the way, he wanted the culture, and he's still young. I mean, granted, for a forward, you you can a veteran forward, you can still be viable. But I think with Brooklyn, they were just going to use you as the veteran presence. We actually need your mid-range jumpers. We needed your outstanding defensive ball mm. skills. You a hold Marcus. Good luck. I like you. Always liked him as a player. I've seen him live. Um, because he was in Portland the year the Big Three ran, and that's what was like my first Big Three game, and that was like the first time I saw him and mm. um, Brandon Roy and all that stuff. I've always liked him. I loved him in San Antonio. It's just he missed the window by like a year. But you will yeah. hurt my feelings. Oh, because where boy. is he going to play on that rotation? Yeah, he's kind of... Where? He's Tell the, me, what's his minutes? He's the really... Yeah, he's just there to... to Use to Eddie Curry, son! Yeah. Oh my goodness. Eddie Curry. <laughs> I'm just saying. But like but think of it. I mean, granted, not bad in yeah, potential. Yeah. There's yeah, two yeah. different players. Like yeah, we yeah. are not, I'm not gonna throw that lie. But I'm talking about the effect that you're gonna get again in the ring because they're scary. That team is scary. Brooklyn is scary. The humble pie, listen, I'm not gonna eat the humble pie on them because they have to win it all in the position they put themselves in. Because yeah. what I say about Harden, I didn't say they were gonna implode. I didn't say they were gonna go down the ship. I didn't say they were gonna miss the playoffs. I was gonna say um that it wasn't going on oh freddie we're going to talk about that magic you best be sure we talk about it. don't you worry son um but i i still don't see it and i don't know you want to know why i don't see it with brooklyn are they gonna gel if they're all healthy together it's- everything has basically been i don't know how james harden can get to the line all the times because his balls be slowing down because they're made of pure steel i have enjoyed I- watching him play this season undisputed MVP. I just want to know what the dynamic would be like in a seven-game series against a team 
that's that would at that point have scouted for them that long. Like, it just yeah, depends on who not, they're not matching up against. Like, I mean, either Philly or Milwaukee or. And I'm saying this with the Miami Heat. Uh, gosh, the Heat are best seven seat team. Well, they're eighth right now, but we're gonna get some. But I feel like this Heat team is kind of akin to, I guess, this New York Knicks team that's on the screen right now for NBA in the Zone 1998 for the Nintendo 64. That that Knicks team that was an eighth seed when they really shouldn't have been an eighth seed. They really shouldn't have. They were probably a higher seed, and they faced off against the Miami Heat, who were, who were the one seed, and they got them. Got them. They got them. Got them. Even though but, that was basically a one versus two matchup in the first round. So well, the let's Heat. Talk about the happiness, though. The Heat look like that. We're gonna see. We haven't seen a depot game just yet. But why are we happy, Francisco? Because we got rid of the small O. Oh, boy. For the big O. So yeah. the prophecies have come true. Call me Charles Adamas for the most part. Charles's Kelly Olenek hate train. Finally. Finally on that train. <laughs> finally, finally left the station, baby. And finally gone. Traded him out. I don't even remember what he got sent to. Kelly, you were good for like those two years but i got sick of him missing all those threes i got sick of him missing jumpers yeah, you're just, like seven foot just put the ball back in yeah he just and it's hers with lamarcus but couldn't score for nothing this season nope and we sent it to houston we swapped picks so we got rid of an expiring contract we swapped picks for whom the guy who wants to be here the guy who pro- basically probably said hey mickey hey pat Take me because I'm going to re-sign with you mm-hmm. for the amount of money that you can give me. Yep. He turned all a depot turn and I wish Brennan was on here because he could gr- gush about the Victor Oladipo because that Pacers team is not good with him or without him right now. Mm. Um 22 and 25, I think. And it's just Sabonis and I mean Karis is not fully back in, but Sabonis and um Malcolm Brogdon kind of doing it. But you always kind of miss a score, you the always kind of miss a good defender. Shots and stuff, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but you always kind of miss it. But we got that for nothing. An expiring contract and a second rounder. The minute I saw it, I sent it to you. You know I was happy. Mm. It, it, we won the trade deadline because we gave up nothing because it was pretty evident we were yeah. not going to resign Kelly Olenek. And we got a guy who I'm almost – and listen, anything can happen in free agency. There is no royalty in this game. Your, your job is to make money, especially Oladipo because – He's been around for a long time. He doesn't feel like it. Originally started as the Orlando Magic, Freddie. Um, and he's just kind of been bounced around. But you know he wants that permanent home. You know he wants something close to that. And then you end up coming to us and he, because I think he can get Dwayne a four-year deal. Probably the great the recruiter. 88 mil. Dwayne Wade, the great recruiter. Even after his retirement, he is still yeah. getting guys to come on over. I mean, so does, does wow. that make does that make me the Dwayne Wade of our show? Getting people to come on here, yeah, <laughs> I guess yeah. so. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, I kind of like the narrative of you smuggling people in, just kidnapping them, putting them here against their will. <laughs> a I little also, bit. We, we like a little bit of the smuggling going we on. We like knowing not, that, that you way. are indeed our moral compass, but you have a dark side beneath you. <laughs> Okay, Dexter Morgan. Um, <laughs> hey, he's in it, Miami. It's a good, he's in Miami. It's a good boon for us because what this gives us, if if healthy, that's a big if, but even if the Heat are like under 500, 
unless we're going like the full Toronto Raptors, in which way I'm going to reverse my humble pie course and say I told you guys so because Toronto sucks. <laughs> um, I didn't want Lowry. I didn't know Oladipo Kyle was going to be going go anywhere anyway, off- so... Yeah, I thought he was going to the offseason, and Miami, I thought he would be a good prize pick for us. Because for Riley, when you're going for the big whales, the, the idea is, what what what's your definition of the big whale? Is your big whale in length, in girth, in fat? How much oil, how much blubber am I getting from that whale? And that's how we looked at Oladipo. Fits a defensive position, has scoring. We know he's hurt. We'll take that risk. Everybody's hurt on the heat, and we're still grinding it out. We have coaching. We have the foundation. And when everybody says culture, and they don't understand the term culture, the culture is about just no excuses, grinding out hard work leads to winning results, not pure talent. We are not the 76ers who just rest their laurels on. He's got potential because he's a first-round pick because it does feel like that with the 76ers because I'm going to crap on that because what was the best thing about this trade deadline for Miami too? The 76ers did not get better. Yeah. They got George Hill. Okay. Yeah. I thought they would have been in better play to try to get Lou Williams, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Because, side note, I love Atlanta getting him. Really do. Atlanta's, um, because it continues I mean, the scoring. Atlanta's turned it around with Nate McMillan, yeah, former Pacers yep. coach, out there I, I teaching don't them like defense. Rajon. But I was listening on... Uh, accountability. You, teaching you, them accountability, man. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, they got... Yeah, that, yeah Rajon. I've been over... Mostly for the playoffs, I would assume. But uh, also, I th- they're trying to get as many guys to kind of avoid the because I mean, w- without Trey on the floor, they are not they got good. No scores. They got they are not. Trey does everything for them, so they just need as much as possible just to find a. Way. They're just trying to get out of that. Seven or was it the yeah the ten the seven through ten seed the the qualifying round they're just trying to find a way to stay above and not be and not be seven they're just trying to be six at this point which uh, Miami and Charlotte in the division now doing all doing Charlotte's all right. an interesting team yeah. I mean they I beat don't us know if I like him recently yeah. but we haven't we just still don't have Depot that's that's the thing thing so. is everybody is beating everybody in the East and that's the problem. It's hard to it's hard to get a gauge for anybody. I mean, we just beat the yeah. Knicks, and the Knicks are the best defensive team in the NBA. Uh, but we are also like the second best defensive team in the NBA. So it was basically that. It was uh, he just kind of ran away with it after a while. That was they had some big runs in order to to beat the Knicks last night. But yeah, yeah, it's hard to gauge where where people are. We don't even know. We don't even have a real gauge on the top teams. Really, everybody's just trying to find a way to beat the Lakers at the end on the other side, which is and that's a team that everybody's saying, "Oh, it's it's they're done now." But it's like everybody will be healthy. Everybody yeah. will be healthy. Yeah, LeBron. And then not, what? Because... LeBron learned in Miami the regular season. <clears throat> I mean, come on, it doesn't really matter. Yeah, yeah well, you, you saw if what anything, happened with the Warriors. It's a better position. Warriors won 73, 73 games in a season. Didn't matter. At the end, if they didn't win the whole thing, the same thing for the Lakers. Yeah, all right, we'll win fifty-five games, head into the playoffs as a two seed. Doesn't matter to us. Okay. So well, let's break some hearts, though, because Orlando Magic. Fans yeah, I want to. So, so it. Andrew, if you're alive back there, what? <laughs> <laughs> We're going to talk about Orlando, your beloved city. Oh. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're you're the 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 one of the four major pro sports that are there. No, you're one team, the Orlando Magic, the pride of the what's the slogan for Orlando? The city beautiful. The city beautiful. Uh, that's a slogan for like 10, 20 other cities, but get get them. Oh, really? I've only found I've only found one other place that has that nickname. That's Coral Gables, okay. but we had it first. Okay. Well, if you want to learn about some history, that's there was the whole mu- movement about the city beautiful and back in the late eighteen hundreds. Go go read a book if you want to. Go to your, lo- your local libraries where I spawn every few years. Go do that. <laughs> You'll learn about the city beautiful. But yes, your your beloved city beautiful. Your beloved magic. No bueno. Uh, they're, they're, they are constructing a tank at this moment. Mm-hmm. And this is a this is one on purpose. This is not the, the one that that just destroyed Buffalo surprisingly for them. No, this one this one is on purpose. I, no one likes it. No, nobody likes this tank at but all. But some tanks you like. Yes. Some tanks that you like. Nobody liked this tank, Andrew. You guys have the most hated tank in basketball at the moment. And we, on our Twitter page, have nominated you to be the new GM of the Orlando Magic. I saw, and I, I humbly accept the nomination. Andrew, what would you do if you were the general manager of the Orlando Magic, knowing nothing or next to nothing about the National Basketball Association, but well, loving Orlando? I I would find people that were smarter than me to, to, to at least advise me on what the hell I'm supposed to do. <laughs> uh, but I guess more importantly, I... I Talk to people in the city because, you know, ultimately they're the ones that are buying the season tickets, that are going to see the games. You know, if you're dealing guys like uh, uh, Nikola Vubacic, uh, who's a fan favorite, and he got choked up when he was talking about uh, leaving Orlando in his introductory press conference. Um, you know, it's, it's tough to lose guys like that. It really hurts the fan base in the city, makes you lose confidence. I mean, case in point, look at the Marlins oh, three billion times. <laughs> cool. Um, come on, man. You, you couldn't have gone for the Rays. You guys doubt Blake Snell. Come on now. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's. It's stupid. It's ridiculous. Charles over uh, there is a Yankees fan. You guys keep everybody. <laughs> damn right. We'll overpay even the bad ones. John just Carlo. so you guys don't get them. Giancarlo looking good. Made out of glass. See, the thing about Orlando is, at least with Oklahoma, when they were tanking, and they got rid of superstars. Russ, who is an animal. Did they you see his three. score last night? 34 points, 20 assists, almost broke Scott Stiles' record, and... Um, 10 rebounds. He is now averaging a triple-double again this season. So, yes, he is a very, you know, selfish player in that regard. But Stats damn it, at least he's maybe. good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Stats are good, but that's the thing, though, because he's thinking big picture. Hall of Fame. And yeah. he's going there. But it's not like the Thunder, who got rid of all that and just is harvesting, like, all these first-round picks because they'll get back into play. Who did the Magic get? 
to Chicago when you, you couldn't even get Lauren McCaken. You got Wendell Carter Jr. Could even fleece in Kobe White? I, I, I don't know. You get rid of Ben Gordon, who I thought was overrated. We talked about it on the show what we have with Brendan. Aaron Gordon. He did what he was had. It? Aaron Gordon, I'm sorry. I think of Ben Gordon, he's thinking of pistols and all yeah. that sort of stuff. Um, that's a callback, right? Um, but Aaron Gordon, he's over in Denver. I think he fits Denver perfectly, to be honest with you. Denver was missing something, and now you have it, and you get to have Jamal Murray, Gary Harris, Jokic, and um, Gordon in that lineup. And it's like, mm-hmm. okay. Not, I'm big interested because Denver was the most unremarkable one seed a season ago or two seasons ago, and the yeah. most unremarkable two seed or three seed a season ago. But they kept getting there. And uh, Mike Malone or Mark Malone, whatever his name is, Malone is competent enough to kind of get us, uh, get Denver into a very interesting kind of play of things. But you you don't get like another name to come big into it. I kind of get to a degree getting rid of Vucevic because you had drafted Mo Bamba um, two years back, but it's not like Mo Bamba. Vucevic was a late bloomer anyway, but he had just been around for so long. But Evan Fournier, who I'm not crazy about, he was having kind of like an offseason. I don't remember where he wanted to. And then Gordon's out. So you let four guys out. So Freddie is going to be crying yeah. in his fantasy league, but hopefully, hopefully so he has how's like that work? 40 other teams as he often does. But no, but wouldn't you, Freddie, wouldn't you keep those players, though, in even if they got traded out? I don't imagine, like, obviously, I think Vucevic is just going to kind of suffer a little bit because of playing time of him, McCaken, or splitting out, unless they can make McCaken like a power forward. But I still think that's too many bigs on the body, unless McCaken's still out. But it might not be conducive to the scoring points and the rebounding that they get there. But it wasn't a bad um, trade deadline for them. It was a terrible trade deadline for them because the fact that i don't know what your future is you have basically mortgaged on one bad season because i believe they made the playoffs last year you're still taking consideration what seven through ten is the little mini play-ins which is kind of doable in the east if you get a um i kept them just they're just okay yeah because i i got i don't know if you did a fire sale so that's why i just had to make sure but it's not a situation where you kind of like bail out there's always a possibility for a hot run because now you're starting the second part of the season, but to do an implosion of your roster because either you're cheap or because of the fact that you just don't want to deal with disgruntled players anymore. Like Aaron Gordon won out, which is fine because he was probably up for a second contract. He's still a young guy. Um, does that make Chicago scarier though to you? Because they're they're kind of like on the cusp of mediocrity to above average, but I think Vucevic has earned his position yeah. in that sense of being a competent player and getting a rebounder and a good grinder and put out the guy was an also last two years. I think um, I think that's a benefit to them. I, I wouldn't want to play them right now. I talked a lot of trash to Zach Levine. Don't make me eat that humble pie. Mm. If for some reason the layout from four through eight leads to us being like a number four and number five, ugh. Don't give me that, but yeah, that's my thought on Orlando. So I'm trying to see who their general manager is. It's currently John Hammond, and he's He's been been around for a bit, right? He's yeah, he's been there since 2017, 2018. I was just trying to see if if this if this is I mean this could be his big play. I'm sure was Vucevic there before he got there? Yeah, Yeah, I think Vucevic has been there since 2012. So. I don't know if he's. It's just he earned that big contract in that in that first year as an All Star. I mean, I don't know if he's just trying to hit that reset button and and get all the guys that are his 
on this team, possibly, and construct yeah. the team his way. Let's see. What, what was his his past? But what is his? He was the NBA executive of the year back in 2010 when he was with the Milwaukee Bucks. They went from 34 to 46 victories, and the Bucks did nothing after that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but he, here's the thing. You trade away the guy with the contract who's actually a good player, but then you reward to Markel Fultz, who was just... Mm. We like Markel in the sense of him getting an opportunity, but I don't think he was really worth the money they got, and this year he was hurt. So, mm-hmm. And they have been brought by injuries. All teams are. That's why you have to build a well-constructed roster. I would at least from saying from slots 1 to 12, everything else is just a gimme and a try. Yeah. I I don't know. I don't know what the Magic are thinking. I don't know what the deal. Mm. There's anything else that caught your eye no on the trade deadline team wise? Uh, aside from the big players that we know about and Atlanta, uh, not really much else for me. I think we kind of covered everything that stuck out. Okay. That stuck I would out. say this. I don't get the Clippers getting Rajon. Um, well, they're getting you playoff Rajon. That's what they're trading for. That's what, they, that's what they want. What? Veteran leadership? The guy would literally like jaw jack in your <laughs> face. And there's a lot of... So- say what you want. I like Kawhi, but... You know, yeah. I said it. I said it. I said it. Paul George? Pl- playoff P? Mad yep. bricks. So if he's bricking, Kawhi's walking on one leg. And then Rondo, like... The only person who bought Rondo as being the legitimate guy that you want on your team was the Dallas Mavericks when they traded for him back in like 2012. So, because you need that scoring because you don't have Montrez Harrell anymore. The rest of that other team is very deficient. So you get a guy who's a great basketball IQ, knows how to pass in lanes, but where's your shooters? It's a very different team. And I'm not necessarily sold on Tyron Lue as being the definitive coach. His, yes, and I'm saying that knowing that he has an NBA championship because that Cleveland roster was just stellar. Yeah. Right? And yeah, So LeBron. I'm like, uh, and you had LeBron. And you and had Kyrie hit that. Kyrie hit a big shot. If Draymond doesn't yeah. do what he does, they probably don't win, win that. I'm just saying. We all know so, this. I mean, I. I know Lou was not doing good, but hasn't Lou kind of earned it to be? You need a clutch. What do you need more? A veteran guy who has all that experience, or a a clutch shooter on your bench or on your team? Yeah, you and maybe shooter. he's not. Clutch is a very like weird kind of definition for a guy who's been three years six man of the year. But six man is just that's so why, that's why the Heat oh. have Udonis Haslam. Just have, just be that he's the veteran guy at the end of the thing. But but he have everything else, and that's that's and Udonis knows his place. <laughs> if the Clippers just traded for their own version of Udonis Aslam, oh boy. <laughs> Clippers, yeah. But, you know, it, it, but there there is a big difference between Udonis and oh, Rajon. Yeah. I'm just saying, I because was just Rajon's, making that come right. Rajon's I mean, still It's a good point to make, though. <laughs> but Rajon rubs dudes the wrong way, though. That's the one thing people need to understand is that he's not Mr. Love, do you want to know? Because that whole Chicago incident, when it was him, Jimmy, and Dwayne. Yeah, well, there was like some fists being thrown right yeah. there. Oh, there were because factions there too much ego. between. Yeah, well, there was a fact. Uh, that well, let, let's we won't get into that. But there were there were some issues there. But okay, I, I think that's that's a good summary of the NBA trading deadline. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'd like to I'd like to request a segment or a topic, if you will, if we can. Okay. 
Yeah, we got yeah. What you want? Frozen Four? Is that what you're you're looking for? Yeah, I've been chatting with uh, Bu over here, and he's given me a huge rundown. Um, for the tournament. Uh, for his thoughts on the opening rounds, and mm. I'm just going to read them off here because it'll be quicker. Mm. So, the Midwest, Midwest Regional. Frankly, neither result was unexpected. While we thought American International might be capable of the upset, North Dakota was able to get on the board quickly. AIC went into utter panic mode after that, and that's all she wrote. AIC's upset stemmed from being able to play defensively uh, defensively and attack on the breakout. They weren't suited to playing an attacking game against North Dakota, especially after only having played two games in the month leading up to the tournament. Duluth and North Dakota are pretty evenly matched, so a tight game wasn't entirely unsurprising. Duluth definitely looked like the better team, though, and of course almost had won it twice before finally getting the game winner. That's the 5-0-T one, by the way. Um, I think though, there is a case to be made about working in the backup goal t- uh, goalies and multi OT games after Duluth was able to make the substitution, have it work out while North Dakota's goalie ultimately was just too slow on what be, would be a routine save and regulation. And just as a personal note, that is something that I saw BU mention in the chat. Uh, during the game is that when you start getting into really long games like that, you're going to see really crappy goals go in. This one was, I probably could have made the save. I, I, I'm not putting down the, the goalie in the slightest. Probably gassed by that point. Sheesh. He, he, he was gassed. It was just a, a shot that just went straight in the five hole. He, 99% of the time he would have stopped that. That's a quick and easy that's a quick and easy stop. But it just it slipped by him. He was tired as hell. He'd played eight they were going into their eighth period. Um so East Regional. Frankly, Bemidji had no business being in the tournament based on their record in the WCHA compared to how uh, how compared to how certain other teams did in stronger leagues, but damn if they didn't take full advantage of the situation of Pants, Wisconsin. The Badgers were simply outplayed, outcoached, and lacked cohesion while letting Bemidji control the middle of the ice. Contrast that with UMass, who was deadly goaltending and defense, and were able to pick apart Lake State and Bemidji and route to blowout wins of their own. Only reason... I didn't pick UMass to come out of the region was because I assumed they would be facing Wisconsin instead, but it seems Greg Carvel or Carvel has finally figured out again who his starting goalie should be. And Lindbergh is the man who carried them to the title game in 2019. And just as a note, so the, the tournament was canceled last year due to the virus. Uh, but the year before that 2019, the finalists were you uh, Minnesota Duluth, and UMass, you, uh, Duluth ultimately won. Uh, so this is the second time in two seasons that UMass has been back to the Frozen Four. Um, anyway, so I think them, UMass, a- actually winning Hockey East Conference this time around gives the team a confidence boost. West Regional, didn't watch 
Minnesota Omaha since it started and ended during the overtime. Started and ended during the overtime. <laughs> North Dakota, yeah, other game. Yeah, <laughs> an entire game was played during the overtime <laughs> of another Except game. It wasn't re- surprising. Minnesota State Quinnipiac was definitely as much about Quinnipiac blowing it as much as it was about Minnesota State finally getting a tournament win, considering that Quinnipiac was up two with less than two to go, but gave up a pair of dirty goals that they really, that really did not have business giving up. Minnesota and Minnesota State, on the other hand, well, I stand by my original comparison. We were chatting in the uh, – in the discord server while watching the games um, and i asked mm-hmm. i asked him what was the comparison to uh minnesota state upsetting minnesota and he said i stand by my original comparison to a michigan app state in the college clowning on me because a this is a game that on paper minnesota should have won handily but b People tend to ignore slash forget that App State was the class of the FCS at the time of that upset. The WCHA is a weak-ass conference, and I still don't think Minnesota State is that good, especially in light of nearly losing to Quinnipiac. But it's also ultimately not that shocking that they could pull off the upset. I think it could possibly be compared to the 2007 NBA playoffs when the Golden State Warriors beat the Dallas Mavericks. I'd have to leave that to... to Charles knows what I mean. That's what he was That was... uh, Uh, Baron Davis. Yeah, Baron Davis and Don Nelson. Yeah, exactly. Those warriors. So I don't know what Motsko is or is not doing to prepare his team, but first it's St. Cloud State, and now uh, should also know that Minnesota State has been the regular season championship champion in the WCHA for the last three to four seasons in a row. Hmm. Good to know. Um, So first St. Cloud State, and now with this vaunted Minnesota squad, they came out flat against an opponent they really should have been able to take care of business against. But just like Wisconsin Bemidji, Minnesota was was just being flat out outworked by the Mavericks, and it seems like Minnesota was barely even trying. And then there's the Northeast Regional. Boston South uh, St. Cloud State is arguably the wackiest game I've ever seen. In terms of the teams themselves, BU losing wasn't entirely surprising because the team has no structure on offense and basically relies on getting breakaways in transition to generate offense. This has pretty much been the case since David Quinn initially took over at coach. But those two incredibly fluky goals that St. Cloud State scored to get on the board initially were all sorts of ridiculous. I recommend just taking a look at the highlights, but this game had it all. Pucks magically floating to open men in the slot, ping pong goals, hit so hard the fucking boards were cracked, a penalty shot by the shorthanded team during a major penalty, attempted fights. And by the way, fights are not allowed in college. Um, Since neither team winning would really be chaos, it seems that the hockey gods decide to break out all of the other crazy events instead. And then Boston College, St. Cloud State. I think that one just came down to Spencer Knight not really being able to keep his shit together during big games. That especially sounds great him, for Panthers fans. <laughs> especially with him constantly kicking off the nets during the first two periods. At which at some... Uh, it was amazing, guys. It was amazing. 
in the first two period, he kicked the net off the moorings five times. Five times. Mm. Mm-hmm. Like, at that point, we're like, come on, you've got to call a delay of ga- a game penalty. That's here. our feature goaltender right there, baby. Of, most of the time, it was done when <laughs> uh, when St. Cloud State was in the offensive zone. And then, sure enough, the one time that they were in the offense, the couple of times that they were in the offensive zone and the net wasn't kicked off, they scored. Mm. So it's like, hmm. So... Um, mm-hmm. Don't uh, worry, Roberto Luongo will have a, will, will will have a good talking to like on him. Don't, don't worry, he'll get him straight. He'll set him straight. So at a certain point, you have to think it was being done on purpose to slow down St. Cloud State since they were unable to otherwise establish a rhythm to start. Once it, so there you go. Once the nets were sorted, though, they were able to get established uh, to establish sustained attacks to keep Boston College hemmed in the zone. Frozen four predictions. St. Cloud State 3, Minnesota State 0. St. Cloud State can be hot or cold themselves, but their defense is rolling while Minnesota State's goalie Dryden McKay was shaky as hell during the regionals, and I don't think he'll be able to handle the pressure of the St. Cloud State attack if Camesso or Knight couldn't. Uh, Minnesota Duluth 1, UMass 0 in overtime. Both teams have stout defenses, and this UMass team is definitely better than the one that got routed in the 2019 title game. But I think UMB is just a tiny bit better. St. Cloud State then thwarts UMB for their first national title. So that's that's the quick recap from our co- uh, college hockey analyst. Uh, we'll see. I here's something amazing that I that was really cool. Three of the four teams in the Frozen Four are from Minnesota. So you've got Minnesota State, which state is out of, of hockey, Minnesota. baby. It's well, it's the state of hockey. Uh, you've got Minnesota State, Mankato. You've got St. Cloud State, and then you've got Minnesota Duluth. I think it's the first time that one state has had. Um, <laughs> Every hockey turning game has either gone to OT or been won by three plus goals. <laughs> Since Jekyll and Hyde. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, I, I think this is the first time this is what happens when you don't have proper seating. Uh, so, yeah, I think this is the first time that any state has had three teams in the Frozen Four. Uh, and something else that, that was very interesting note, the Big Ten Conference had four teams in the tournament. Um, two of them were eliminated from the outset because of uh, virus. Uh, that was Notre Dame and Michigan, if I remember correctly. You guys will have to correct me, BU or Freddie. Um, as... as uh, BU mentioned Wisconsin got embarrassed, and then uh, state of Michigan in '92. Okay, um, and then who was the other? And then Minnesota lost to Bemidji. It's on the screen, but yeah. Uh, so yeah, the Big Big Ten sucked. Had a terrible, awful, no good, very bad playoff. Uh, mm-hmm. 
there's anything that you do you have any questions for BU before we move on or no that's probably that's as concise and well well thought out as you can get for sure mm-hmm. okay well I will certainly be on the lookout April 8th everybody for the next set well the semifinals and then we'll get to the finals on April 10th games being played out in Pittsburgh and all right it's been that kind of season <laughs> well it's the end of the show boys we know where, where we're headed it is time to head off to the cage with Charles Senor Charles are you ready I'm ready to break it down. Welcome, everybody, to your weekly Truplex the Cage with Charles. Full disclaimer, wrestling is not fake. It is scripted. It is a stage fight. It is a chase for glory. It is about men and women beating the holy hell out of each other, wanting to cut a little blood in life, want to get the revenge that they need, want to put their name in legacy, to point at big signs like WrestleMania, to concede when you are losing, such as NXT going to Tuesdays now instead of Wednesdays, also because NBC, of course, is shutting down NBCSN, so they got to put hockey somewhere. And sometimes it's just about damn good entertainment and damn good comedy. And sometimes it's about making bad, bad, real bad decisions that you hope pays off in a long time, or else you are stuck with Stockholm Syndrome and you're thinking that a certain title design is pretty when it's really pretty ugly. Charles, 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 one second. Uh, our, our friend of the show, Jeremy Taché, has just put here, uh, I guess Mary Jackson also, the P in Lone Depot Park will be lowercased. Lone, <laughs> the L is lowercase, the D is capitalized, and the P in Park will be lowercase. So that's how the Marlins are going to be doing things for the next few years. Joy! Well, our learned savior... If it is what the what what he wants, and we we cannot question him. It's Stockholm syndrome. You have to learn to love it, right? <laughs> Even though you're initially against it. Um, learning to love it. WWE fan would know that. For sure. <laughs> yeah, because it's going to segue us to a couple of things. Learning to love it, even though you're against it. So, guys, I watch Fastlane. I watch Fastlane on Peacock. For those who have not been listening to the, I guess. 90 episodes that we've been introducing the cage WWE sold off the licensing rights to the WWE network to NBC universal to Peacock. So they can be the primary place for all WWE content, not named YouTube. Um, so essentially my WWE network subscription was canceled. I had to go get Peacock. Excellent deal. Four months for two fifty each jump on that. There's already been kind of hiccups for some people considering the fact that there's going to be edited content to make sure it's up to the cultural norms of what Universal is seeking and also what WWE is actually doing on their platform. Because remember, this is just for the U.S. only. Mm. Um, Peacock only has it for those rights. So anybody who's international, and unfortunately it doesn't work if you're getting international VPN, the WWE Network is also scrubbing in those difficulties. Why? Because WWE, World Wrestling Entertainment, is a publicly owned stock. So in today's cancel culture climate, triple c you're gonna want to do something that's not gonna upset everybody but good luck peacock once you get to the ecw days once you get to the attitude era of broad panty matches and then the oddities first blood matches mr mcmahon making out with trish stratus that still gives me nightmares the fact that vince vincent kennedy mcmahon has touched the lips of that goddess oh that's creepy very creepy 
super creepy. You know, but wrestling is also what, guys? A circus. It's a theater. It's a parade sometimes. Soap opera as well. That's when the storylines kind of came in between but <laughs> with all the graphic gore because WWE had the licensing rights to this, not WWF, WWE, WCW, ECW. ECW Extreme Championship Wrestling, guys. So it's pretty graphic stuff that you get there. Barbed wire, a lot of blood. I like it, but um, it's interesting. So I tried out Peacock. I watched Fastlane. I didn't watch Fastlane last show because it was kind of like a throwaway pay-per-view and I want to do some other stuff. The pay-per-view was bad, but there was two matches that helped out. If you go on a C range, it was just like a C minors, a C pay-per-view, but shout out to Drew McIntyre versus Sheamus. That was a great match. I liked it. No DQ, anything goes kind of thing. Um, you know, they, they have many names for it, but they just beat the holy hell of each other. And I liked Roman versus Edge. I'm sorry. Daniel Bryan with Edge as a special enforcer because now Edge has seemingly turned heel. I don't think he's the bad guy. We're going to talk about that in a second when we go to SmackDown. Um, but the road to WrestleMania has kind of begun. And using Peacock's app gives me some concerns because I don't think you could pause during live shows. So if I have to go to the bathroom, you know, what's going to happen there, right? I'll have to really hold out to the matches over. I have to do it during a throwaway match like Shane McMahon versus Braun Strowman. Oh, uh, <laughs> we'll WWE in a second, I promise. But this is what I have. And I'm paying less money for it than I was paying for the WWE Network. So why am I bitching, right? Because I want the library content, but they have all the WrestleMania. So I've already been able to watch some of my favorite WrestleManias because it's a long eight-hour workday, nine-hour workday working at home. And I don't want to put on the final you know continuing season of my hero academia that i'm on because i'll get caught up into it and i've been on attack on titan we've been redoing that because i never got to season two and i'll get i'll get lost in translation but to put on wrestlemania 25 which is probably the best wrestlemania which has Shawn, i left off at the start of Shawn michaels versus undertaker which might be the best wrestlemania match out there i really should get a top 10 wrestlemania matches that i've seen and i've witnessed before the wrestlemania show which is next week um, oh, is that William Regal in the background? Yes, it is. There's so much stuff going on, guys. This cage could be an hour in itself if I didn't kind of like hosh posh McGosh at all. Um, but Peacock's what I got, and I got used to it, as does everybody else. So let's talk about a few things before we get to the road to WrestleMania. AEW, congratulations. You get to watch me. I get to watch you every Wednesday because NXT, as you see, William Regal is now moving to Tuesday nights. Now, NXT was not winning the Wednesday Night War as it was done. I don't know how it's going to be a war if it was just for a year. We'll call it like a little battle. But they were splitting ratings. Neither of them really broke a million either. So it was this move benefits both sides. Because NXT would go as low as like 600,000 in the Nielsen viewings and the demos. And AEW would win the demos, but they hardly cracked a million. They had a hard time getting onto 800,000 viewers. And here's the thing you guys got to consider. For NXT, it is really like the weekly show because they have a little bit more pay-per-views or what have you. AEW would have these long stretches of no pay-per-views. So sometimes they'll have this special event stuff like Winter is Coming or St. Patty's um, Celebration, whatever the hell they called it, Grant. I still love that Britt Baker Thunder Rosa match. It was so good. Um, but some of those matches would matter, like big time. They're trying to propel it as like a mini pay-per-view segment and to only get about 700,000 viewers is not good. I mean, granted, you're getting money through the sponsorships and TNT's trying, man. They had Shaq on there for Christ's sakes. They give Brandy Rhodes and Cody Rhodes their own reality TV show because that's popular. That's really just stealing WWE's full though because WWE has Total Bellas, Total Divas, Miz and Mrs. Um, they would have a real world wrestling if they could. Don't put that out there. Vince is going to steal my ideas. I'm not going to compensate it for it. So 
they're winning not because they kind of beat NXT a little bit um, in the ratings war, but just because they might get to a million of viewers each night. Because if Raw is averaging about 1.8 million each night, and mind you, some say it's because lack of live crowd. I think it's just because the storylines are lame. That's it. But to, if it helps push AEW to a million views each night, that goes for the long-term extension because right now there's like too much wrestling for them because they have AEW Dark that airs on Tuesdays, which is on their YouTube channel. Now they have AEW Dark De- Elevation. So you can see other wrestlers are on there, but they don't get dynamite time. And they're not big enough and they're probably not financially profitable enough to have a Raw SmackDown NXT component, but this is a win for them. And I think it's also a win for NXT. NXT beforehand used to be on just the WWE Network exclusively. They only got the USA deal because AEW was kind of growing in. So Vince went cutthroat. For Universal, it's probably better to have something that's live original content than showing either a modern family rerun, especially since the show is finished, or a lawnmower SVU run, which basically finished in my eyes when Elliot left. So this gives a new component for them. So they're going to Tuesdays. I like it because that means Monday I get Raw, which I really haven't watched Raw because part of the problem with the road to WrestleMania guys is that. When the matches are set in stone and the stories are bad, I won't care about the stories until I get to WrestleMania because what does WrestleMania matches usually get before everything? A vignette of everything that's going on. So I get caught up to speed. I can just watch it on YouTube, um, especially since March Madness. We even talk about March Madness today, guys. March Madness matches have been great. I've watched a lot of them. There's been a couple of blowouts, and I'm saying it right now because I don't want to forget about it. That was a foul, ladies basketball, women's NCAA. <laughs> Baylor, she, she got fouled. I don't get it. Uh, the player for Baylor. Like, but Gino and Riema get to go on to another Final Four. Ah, oh, corrupt. That's that's how I feel about the NCAA all the time. Is that Kirishima in the background? Dan Ryan's Kirishima in the background. Um, can't keep. I'm a I'm a weeb, man. You can't keep that away from me. <laughs> but NXT is going there. Speaking of NXT, they're doing a Gauntlet Eliminator Battle Royale because they have a pay per view next week. Um, they're doing NXT Stand Delivered, splitting to two nights. So night one's gonna be a USA. Night two's gonna be a Peacock. I kind of like it. I kind of like that idea because it benefits both sides. It benefits the live TV and then it benefits people who want to get the Peacock promotional deal because I'm telling you guys right now, if you like wrestling, it is inexcusable to not pay $10 for four months worth of content. Cancel it afterwards. I don't care what you do, but it's literally nothing. You're paying 10 bucks a month for the network. So now you're getting four months of the same price. NXT usually delivers on their shows. I think there was only the in your house that I didn't like last year. Um, so what they're doing tomorrow is getting gauntlet eliminator match. And then so night one, and we'll go more full diving. Cause I'll tell you now next week's hundred episode cage is going to be NXT and WWE fully, but they got some stuff going on in there. Um, so AEW good on you for kind of getting there. NXT. I care about your matches. We'll talk about more next week. The whole thing about the battle Royales, the last six men left get to go to a gauntlet match on night one and on night two, they go against Johnny Gargano for the North American championship unnecessary because Dexter Loomis is in it. He's the one that's been having the storyline with Johnny Gargano predating about three months ago. So for story purposes, I don't think Loomis needs to win a gauntlet match in order to get a title shot. Um, you could just have it be there because they're kind of like semi-feuding. He kidnapped Austin Theory. He's turning Indy Hartwell against him. He's ruining the way family. Now, however, this is just to utilize everything to give me Roddy Strong versus Johnny Gargano. Pepper's going to need some new shorts, guys. I'm going to be so excited that, you know, I'm going to have to have, you know, I'm going to be wearing diapers to change myself because Roddy Strong 
can go. He has been underrated as a performer. He's been a highlight. I, I loved him in the Undisputed Era. They're officially broken up. Sorry to tell you guys this. Um, Adam Cole and Kyle Riley on Sanction Night 2. It's going to be Chef's Kiss. But utilize this because Roddy is built for the endurance. So have him build the story of the te- of winning the Eliminator of having survived one week of a battle royale, then going to a night before winning Eliminator Gauntlet, and then going against uh, Johnny Gargano, and you can have Johnny win and still have Loomis take it off on an NXT show, because what better way, I feel, to crown a new champion than the new day for the show to build people there, because that's how you kind of make people want to watch the Tuesday match, right? You say, hey, Johnny just won a very hard match against uh, Roddy Strong, but this Tuesday he has to go against Dexter Loomis for the title, main event, North America title, because that stuff matters. That's logical booking, but that's the problem. I'm smart, and sometimes Vince isn't. Um, we got to talk about the real monkey, because right? we're going to go to WWE in a second, but we got to talk about the real problem. So New Japan unveiled their unified oh boy. IWGP, International Wrestling Grand Prix, World Heavyweight Championship. So if you saw photos of the original IWGP um, title, it was nice. It was black with a lot of gold. And the Intercontinental title was white labeling with white strap with a lot of gold. They've merged it. Coda won them both. This was the problem with the double belts. And then they give me this title. And I've seen it in the video of the unveiling. I saw stills of it. And it's not like the U.S. Championship, which I think is the most recent title got unveiled. Because we're not counting the TNT Championship because it was, it was not prepared, unfinished, but they still showed it and they gave me the finished product and then Brody died. So they gave the finished product to the Sun and now they gave us the one that's actually better. This is stuff that was like planned on. We're not going to call it counts to do TNT one. I love the new WWE U.S. Championship. People hate it. I think it looks like an oversized Super Bowl ring. I think it's perfect, truthfully, to be honest with you. And then I look at this thing and there's just so much trash on it. People People hate it. They think it's like the Divas title that was in WWE for a long time. I don't even think it's that at all. I, I legitimately see it as you mentioned that it looks like a Transformers um, sign for like the Decepticons or Autobots. This, this guy's from the Wonderful 101. Yeah, but that's the thing. What it reminds me of is like the little um, the little bell, the bell symbol from Super Mario 3D World where you can become a cat. <laughs> that's what I think of for some reason. The bell okay. crown, whatever it's called. The bellflower, yeah. bellflower. That's literally what pops to mind because I think I know what they're going on. They're looking to wear it as because if you try to imagine, it looks like a crown with the world on it, which is okay in theory, but the execution to work out because it looks cheap is the word I want to say. And I don't know if I like it because I get the idea that world intercontinental makes no sense. So you could have done so something. I guess but... these are the past ones that we're seeing back here. Well, those are all the titles. So you have the intercontinental mm-hmm. title that was unified. You have the heavyweight title that was unified. You have the never uh, the junior heavyweight, which is for the cruiserweights, and to the right is the United States title, which is held by John Moxley right now. So they're all like in between. I, I don't hate the United States title really. I think it's fine. The junior heavyweight's fine. I actually don't like junior titles because a lot of them, once they're done being that, they get called up anyway to the main level. But I don't know if I like it because to me, the best heavyweight championship, I'm biased, is the big gold belt from WCW days. And of course, when it became WWE World Heavyweight Championship, because it, it, bring that up, just bring it up if you can right now, because we got to go and articulate this in comparison. Because on that title, that big gold belt, it has like the weird little shape structure that came in with the little groovings, but in of itself, in my Which one are you like talking about? I have here. Type in. Um, W, type in WCW Heavyweight Championship oh. and maybe it'll come up. Because it, this one's no longer in current existence. Mind you, I do like the AEW World Heavyweight Championship because it looks like something from combat sports. 
But to me, the most perfect heavyweight title is always going to be WCW's heavyweight championship. Also, when it was rebranded as the world heavyweight title, it's the it's the big gold belt that was made famous for um, you know for Ric Flair coming over from WF say he was going to bring over that big gold belt. But it's huge. I have a copy of it. I love it. It, it was three hundred dollars well spent. I don't care what anyone says. I have no purpose for it. But what I do is at at work whenever we did like the the interprogram agency stuff, employee of the years, you know stuff like that. I just hand it off to them. You know, it's like that little prize thing. I love it. So cool. But the way they did it, it was the big world. It was two guys like grappling each other. It had like the indents and the groovings. And then we looked at this. Look at that beautiful thing. Have you ever seen anything more beautiful? You know, my firstborn will not be as beautiful as that championship. You can buy it on Amazon. Well, I have it. So, you know, you know, because kings take care of kings. But look at that. There's a crown on top of the world. And if you look at it, if you look at that and you look at what um, – the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship looks like I feel like there's a certain mimicry to it, and it doesn't kind of work. And Coda was coming out. I sent you that tweet with a link. I'm like, Coda looks kind of miserable because I don't think it looks stupid, but I don't think it looks good. Some people really just hate it. I don't hate it. I just don't think it was fully necessary. But when you think about it, if your other two belts were like a standard size gold with a black strap and a standard size gold with a white strap what do you get out of it right how do you make that better you kind of can't unless you make it like the world bigger but they could have done a little bit better with it and the problem is you're stuck with it you're stuck it's with this for with a long time docs leaked for oh my god yeah it does <laughs> damn it it does look like cody's neck now holy crap it does it does it, it really and i hate that tattoo cody we love you follow us on twitter fjojr Jeffrey holidays charles the true sports gives damn i hate your tattoo bro like, oh, or you have confidence to pull it off. But that title, I'm not crazy about that title. So that's a big fail on me, bro. And now you you can't even own it. You have to just keep with it and go from there and pray not a lot of people see it because it just looks awkward on Coda. So if it looks awkward on Coda, it's going to look, uh, you know, I would say the WWE NXT UK Championship is pretty up there in quality. How is it going to look on when eventually Shingo Takagi comes in? So let's talk about New Japan real quickly. There's a pay-per-view this weekend, Genesis. It's going to be um, Genesis Sakura. It's going to be Kota Ibushi defending his new, you know, um, Mattel-plated <laughs> title belt, like Mattel May title belt. Mattel is a toy brand for those who don't know. Um, going against uh, Will Ospreay and the Empire I don't think Will wins, but if Will wins, holy crap, will that cause a lot of problems? I'm just ready to get to Kota versus Shingo. I feel like I've been deprived of that. I know Will's the better bet now. I had to eat that humble pie about being wrong, but I'm interested in seeing what they're doing there. So that should be good. I'll YouTube it. I don't know what the other app matches are. I haven't really been paying attention to it. I think they're going to have Jay White possibly going against Hiroshi Tanahashi. I'm kind of done with that. I believe those two went against each other at Russell Kingdom, and that's what led to Jay White reclaim or winning the um, original heavyweight championship back then but we'll see what happens there i'll have to get the full card and maybe i'll do like live tweeting i don't know i'm doing that stuff but always have to be subject to change because all cards are subject to change what else is subject to change the roads wrestlemania give you guys some updates the matches are kind of confirmed we're going to go a little bit more in detail about next week because i promise you it will be a wrestlemania filled cage but um daniel bryan's gonna be in a triple threat guys i was kind of right about it i called on the show two weeks ago and i, I you know uh, Hire me, Vince. I know what's going on. So Edge turned pseudo heel Andrew at the end of Fastlane because 
he was the enforcer. There was some screwy stuff that goes on. He made Roman tap. Daniel made Roman tap to the yes lock, but it was like the lie is a tap. But granted, the counter argument is Roman did have Brian beat one, two, three on a pin, but the ref was knocked out. But basically, Edge got hit with a chair by Brian. Edge lost it, hit everybody with chairs because it was awesome. He's a tweener. I love it. And then Roman um, pinned him. And then what happened on Friday night, SmackDown, he's going to him. He's going to Adam Pierce. They just say, hey, don't add Brian because all Brian does, all Brian freaking does is steal spotlights. All he does is steal spotlights. He hogs WrestleMania moments. And that's an interesting story because it's true. Two cases in point. There was the Royal Rumble that Roman won to which he got a title shot against Triple H. And the crowd made such a stink about it. They had Roman versus Brian at Fastlane for the storyline purposes where the condition was if Brian won and beat Roman, he goes against Triple H at that WrestleMania. Unfortunately, it was Roman versus H at that WrestleMania. It was trash, but that was the whole thing. Brian had to be into the momentum of being a fan favorite and then, you know, inserting himself in the picture. And then a couple of years prior, and probably one of the best main events and also WrestleMania stories was Brian kept getting screwed it was supposed to be randy Orton and batista their yes movement was too strong for him and it led to brian versus h in the opener i don't remember which wrestlemania i think it was wrestlemania 30 don't quote me on it but you can i'm probably right i'm probably wrong we'll see and then later on it was daniel bryan versus randy Orton versus batista where he had his wrestlemania moment and won the title i think he had to of course uh, relinquish it because of injury because that's always what happened so edge is like i won the royal rumble I came in number one. I outlasted everybody. I outlasted you, Daniel Bryan. And you're telling me you deserve a title shot because you made Roman tap when the ref wasn't there? So they get brought in. And I like the story. Some people are like, oh, that doesn't mean Edge is this because he wasn't drawing as a face. No, I just think that Vince realized two things. One, Bryan is such an excellent talent, and there was no feud to put in for him as a one-off match that you rather insert him. And I'm all for triple threats if you have i'm all for using the best talent that you have available i don't need every talent to be used but i'm all for the best talents available to be there to be utilized um and then two it also goes to show what i believe from seeing a couple matches with edge currently is that he's still kind of slow and rusty and with triple threats you can hide a lot of people's weaknesses but i don't think anybody should be complaining about um brian or edge or roman especially when now you can gamble it on it boys see how i bring it all back on the foreshadowing so wwe and DraftKings have now have a working relationship and partnership where you could bet on wrestling and this is how i'm going to explain to you why i think it's brilliant you never really know who is going to win you can tell yes it's scripted yeah. yes it's a fixed that, that's what it's i was gonna easy. ask like how do you bet well, on a scripted college football is pretty damn fixed you know yeah and i was like the nba also <laughs> so the only people who knows what's gonna happen is vince mcmahon and it's only vince because guys that's the word people. card subject to change is basically him there's last minute revisions going there. And you don't know about injuries. There have been guys who get scraped because of injuries and tiles will change hands. You have botches. I'll give you a great example of when a botch goes wrong. So it was R-Truth versus Shinsuke Nakamura on a SmackDown for the United States Championship about two, three years ago. The ref messed up, did a quick pin, and R-Truth won the title. It was not supposed to happen. Rusev and Nakamura, I believe, were feuding against each other. And then the issue happened and led to Archie becoming U.S. champion on SmackDown. Betting is perfect because if you're a gambler, you're going to love professional wrestling because professional wrestling, I think it's it's better on the predictions. It's also better on the swerves. You can have, you can bet on anything. Like, I don't know the, the whole 
intuitiveness of it and how they would do it. But if you said, Charles, how, how can I bet on this? Okay, do you want to bet that ends an account up? Are you going to put money that ends on disqualification? If you're a crap heel, if you're a shit heel who knows he's about to lose, then him using a chair on his opponent to retain his title, it might be a situation where the challenger wins, but the champion retains. It's really that down the line betting. It's almost the most accurate way as like, oh, they're going to win in the overrunners by three or whatever the phrase is. I don't bet. I do fantasy football and I just come in second place because I'm trash. Um, Freddie chuckles at my spirit right now. But you have many multiple ways. So if you have a triple threat at Mania, maybe increases the odds. Because now you have the bet between three guys. There's an end with Brian winning, with Adam winning, with Roman winning. Who pins who? Who's the one to ease the pets? Probably going to be Brian, right? Because Roman can't lose. I really don't want Roman to lose. Claim to be terrible with character. You should have that title until um, SummerSlam. And then Edge, do we want Edge to even lose cleanly? Because him and Brian can, lit- Brian can literally lose, eat the pin, Edge continues that feud with him and they have a one-on-one feud. It's beautiful. Um, you can put bets on the most minute things. And also, how does that does that person tap out? Roman tapped out for what looked like the first time in his career. Granted, it wasn't counted, but does that happen again? Or does he get hit by a spear? It goes from there. You can have variables for anybody who loves gambling, who loves the art. Like Floyd Mayweather is probably like salivating at this right now. Floyd was a uh, he was in WWE. He had a WrestleMania match against Big Show. He put money on himself now. So yes, it's scripted, but you're not part of the no. All you're doing is doing a very strong speculation. It's the same equivalent of um, the Lakers, fully healthy, going against the Sacramento Kings, who are not healthy in a standard game. It's the equivalent of um, the Jacksonville Jaguars, who were trash last year, going against the Kansas City Chiefs. It might be an upset, but you feel like your gut instinct is going to put you into a different area. So tell me, guys, how is that different than anything else that you bet money on? And I think it's a brilliant deal because what WWE wants to do in the year that was supposed to be the worst thing for the pandemic and everybody was losing money, they found ways to make money. <laughs> oh boy. And wrestling is consistent. You know what's great about the DraftKings and the wrestling? 365, seven days a week. Seven, And it, you also have three brands. I don't know the, the intricacies, but I'm sure you can make a great way for this. Hmm. And that's all I got for you this week. Okay. Well then, so maybe we can do a <clears throat> whoa. Maybe we can do a, <laughs> like a Charles's picks segment at the end of these. See if we can get the gambling community in on this. I mean, I kind of do them a little bit, right? So, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, damn! If you did on my G one climax win with Coda, be perfect. Maybe uh, do a separate. I don't know. I, I guess post it out. I, we'll find a way. We'll find a way. Anyways, well, that is it for us today everybody thanks for for bu for for chiming in there on college hockey on the ncaa tournament thanks to freddie for for joining us as well thanks to my 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 friends here andrew and charles as always joining us 99 episodes guys 100 next week we got we got to think of some special stuff. We got to do some throwback stuff, all kinds of things. We we got to figure things out. And we're gonna plan it out. Be a special I, one. Be, yeah. be sure to be here for it. Yeah. This is we're we're going triple digits, my friend. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna. Well, this is the big it, one. We could though. actually have a three-hour show. It could be that long. If, if I we, mean, the cage is gonna eat up a long time. Yeah. 
Like, this is going to be, I mean, sheesh, man. Uh, Andrew, you, gosh, we should do, like, uh, what, what was an old segment we used to do? I uh, guess that college team name, we could do that. Yeah. Could, uh, or or uh, pronounce, or you find the pronunciation for weird athlete names. I'm just going to find all the old stuff. Yeah. We do a Fulmer Cup update. We could do that, too. We could do yeah. all of it. And unlike sitcoms, we're not doing a clip show. You're getting live content. There's nothing like, worse than an anniversary show. Well, it's like, oh, hey, the clip let's shows, just do all this stuff. So if on the podcast version, we do have semi-clip show, I guess, is where we have the old non-sponsors. I, I've, I've chopped them up into five one-hour sessions. So there's five of them, five compilations of, of our non-sponsors from... Season one, I think during the break, I will do more compilations of our non-sponsors because they always get us. Favorite non-sponsors of the show? Maybe we should do a ranking. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. We can, There's uh, many we'll, things. We'll, and you guys episode. will find out if you tune in. Yeah, we got to plan out our, our our draft special as well. But that will be the mm-hmm. end of our of our season. And we'll, we'll figure it out. And also thanks to Tiki for, for sponsoring us. Take control. Get some money for your data. MyTiki.com slash sports goose. Type that in. All right. The goose the goose love giving cash to everybody. Just just not ours. Just not ours. <laughs> we don't have enough. All yeah, right. we broke. Yeah, we are broke. Well, bye bye everybody. Ciao. Good night, everyone. Take care. Hey folks, did you know that companies made over $382 billion from collecting people's data last year? Would you like to know how you can monetize your own data and pick and choose which companies use that data? Well, there's an app called Tiki that allows you to do just that. There are limited spots available, so please claim your spot at mytiki.com slash sportsgoofs. There, you'll find out how you can link your account to the app and get a payout. Tiki is completely free to use and is available worldwide so you can start earning from anywhere. Limited spots are available as they had just launched, but once you sign up, you'll be sent a link to download the app and start using it. They are growing fast and will be having weekly releases and adding new features as we speak. More than 30,000 people have signed up, so make sure to join early. The link is also in our description. Thank you to Tiki for sponsoring this episode.